Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> After we just got done talking about smoking weed and eating edibles, I will look at the arcade machine behind me, Turtles in Time, and before you start playing the game, there's a big screen that pops up that says, Winners, Winners don't, don't take, take drugs. drugs. Yeah. <laughs> this is Sharks Cross Hollywood, and we're winners, and we take a lot of drugs. It just kind of depends on which ones you're talking about at that point. <laughs> we need them to cope, because life sucks. <laughs> yeah. But you know what doesn't uh, suck? You, you just said a mouthful of drugs. <laughs> Do you know what doesn't suck? The Ninja Turtles. And, mm. and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the OG movie from 1990, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, directed by Steve Barron. Are we sure it doesn't suck? Yeah, I'm very sure. And okay. go I, fuck yourself. I may have to disagree <clears throat> with you on this one. Well, it's okay to be wrong, and I'm not the wrong one. You are. <laughs> so, so now, this is where I'm going to insert the rock saying... We're talking about fucking Ninja Turtles because this is a good movie and you can fuck right off. It's still one of my favorite movies and it will always be one of my favorite movies until I fucking die, which might be tomorrow. Who knows? When I was 11 years old and this came out, this was one of my favorite movies, too. The trouble is you shouldn't always revisit things you loved from your childhood because you really, really, really start to see all of their shortcomings. All of the stuff you weren't smart enough to pick up on as a kid, you start to pick up on. Oh, I was totally going to bring that up. The cracks really start to show when you critically watch this movie, but I don't give even two kinds of shits about it. And that's fine. If that's what does it for you, hey, I'm not trying to take anything away, but I don't know that I could say I think this is a good movie. It is. And is you're it wrong. is it fun? Yeah, it's fun. It is even even though I don't love it as much as I did when I was a kid. I can't deny that it's fun. Is it good though? Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's good. You know what I didn't do? I forgot something that we should do right now. Actually, which is you're, you need to watch a video when you watch this on v, you you watch this on the old VHS tape, right? No, I didn't watch my old. Not, I don't even have this, my old. VHS not this tape. time when you were a kid. Oh, 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 yes, I did watch it on the old VHS. All right, do you remember anything? I had the original VHS. Do you remember anything about it? No, but I have a feeling if you show me something from the original VHS, it will come flooding back immediately. Watch that shit. I don't remember that at all. Although I will say the Pizza Hut thing at the end felt familiar. Now this I remember. That just gets me right in the fucking mood. And just transferring right into that fucking opening thing (laughs) yeah i don't remember that at all is that the kid from mighty ducks yeah it is which (laughs) is fucking weird i just caught that too this time around because of course mighty ducks i don't think would come out for another year would it no no it wouldn't come out for until 91 92 yeah it's it's not out yet that's that's all i know so what i just made the rev watch is the pizza hut commercial that's at the beginning of the ninja turtles vhs tape i'm not gonna say i have no memory of it but i have almost no memory of it i do remember when they ran into the pizza hut at the end that that sparked something yeah that gets me like in the perfect headspace for watching a movie like this watching this movie specifically because i fucking saw i saw that every time i turned on this vhs tape which was a lot yeah you see what you should have done is you should have sent that to me earlier this week I know what and I said forgot. watch this before you watch ninja turtles and then i would have been in much closer to the proper headspace i fucked up 
But like, you know, you know what else does it? That new line logo also. Just because I watched this, sh- I watched this movie so many times as a kid. That new line logo, that, that Pizza Hut commercial, the new line logo kills me. The FHE would have definitely put me in the right headspace, but the Blu-ray I have doesn't have the FHE logo at the beginning. So. That's because Family Home Entertainment does not exist anymore, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, they just released the VHS. They didn't actually yeah. produce the movie or anything. And, by the way, could somebody get their asses in gear and fucking give us a good boutique some somebody release of this fucking movie with some commentary tracks and the fucking european cut with all the dumb cartoon sound effects because people were too afraid of violence it would be good to see to get some more information on this to get some some audio commentary to get uh some behind the scenes interviews to see an alternate cut i would be very interested in that i would totally throw down if arrow or shout factory or one of those guys did a release this is probably more of a shout factory let's be honest i think arrow would do well just because like i look at mall rats people actually went to see this movie by the way well that's the difference <laughs> that's why they were able to pick up mall rats because while it is a cult hit it was never a big blockbuster whereas ninja turtles was i will say this i think the reason ninja turtles was a blockbuster was because it was the perfect license at the perfect time it's fucking ninja turtles it was yeah. the most famous cartoon at the time until until three years later when fucking power rangers comes out and everybody's like power rangers yay and then their movie did probably just as well as this movie at the box office six six years after this one came out i'm guessing whoever made this movie picked up the rights right as ninja turtles started to hit like right as it started to hit and was probably working on it for a year or two you know to get like there there was a couple of years of development there and that's the reason they had those rights because by the time it came out ninja turtles was so fucking huge there was no way this movie could have failed that is true, actually. Well, it could have been the biggest piece of shit to be released that year, and it would have still made massive amounts of money. Well, and the point, another point I was going to bring up, this was an independent movie. Nobody wanted to make it. And that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm sure the only reason that was able to happen was because they picked up the rights before it became the monolith that it would over the next few years. When did the Ninja Turtles cartoon first hit? Like, 87? Because I, I knew I was about six or seven years old when it when it hit because that first issue with the comic dropped in 1984 and it's the coolest fucking thing you've ever seen in your life it's all black and white it's really dark so we, we got to talk we got to talk about <laughs> how, that how somebody looked at that and said i see this as a great saturday morning franchise good fucking question well because <laughs> that comic is so dark if you look at this and, and and you look at those few stories there i can see why they why they did the cartoon because you get in the second issue you get the mousers and baxter stockman who, okay. who's not a fly obviously right and then you you meet April in that second issue. Like, and that's when Splinter gets captured. And then eventually you find the Utroms, which are what Krang is. That's in that first run? Yeah. And then... Because I had a trade paperback, <laughs> but I can't remember where it cut off. Oh, that's that's not even the craziest part. And then they learn about the ooze and stuff, and it's TCRI in the in the comic, which stands for Techno-Cosmic Research Institute. It's TGRI in the in the movies because there's no aliens or anything. It's the Techno-Global Research Institute. So in this first... I, that's a lot of attention to detail to pay for, <laughs> for this franchise. <laughs> for the franchise that would eventually give us ninja rap, that's a, that's a remarkable attention to detail. You, Actually, that's that's where they actually coined the TGRI part. It, that's not in the first movie at all. You see the canister, <laughs> but it doesn't say anything on it. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't remember. So I, I, I thought you meant like that it that had showed up. No. In that first movie. But then, see, it gets even crazier. These first these first seven issues, so they have the Mousers. They have Baxter, Stockman, and Shredder. Okay. So they also have the Fugitoid and the fucking Triceratons. And wow, they <laughs> there's a lot going on. I in these think the rock soldiers issues. are in it. I'm like, fuck what? Like, 
yeah, okay, sure. They're like, let's just take it to eleven right <laughs> off the bat. And some of the art for the for the the triceratons is fucking real good. It's real cool. But yeah, so it it, it gets crazy right off the bat. Like they made that first issue, and they're like, this is the dumbest fucking thing in the world. Nobody's gonna care except us. <laughs> and then it hit real hard, and they're like, oh shit. Well, I guess we got to do another one. And then they plan this whole fucking arc again. This was the highest grossing independent film for nine years until Blair Witch, right? Yeah, yeah sixty six million dollars. In the foreign box, Jesus, 135 million in domestic box office. Good Lord. And Robin Williams was a huge fan of the franchise. He told Judith Hogue, who plays April O'Neil, a bunch of stuff about it so she could like play the character better. <laughs> really? Yeah, because they were co-starring in Cadillac Man together. No kidding. Yeah, interesting. I was not aware of that. I, I, I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched Cadillac Man. Me either. I don't even know what it is. Now I want now I kind of want to watch it because I know I saw know. it on cable at some point, but you know, it was one of those things where I came in like halfway through and it's not a Robin Williams movie in the traditional <laughs> sense and I think that threw me off. Well, I'm there because I obviously I love Robin Williams and Judith Hogue is super hot. Well, again, this was <laughs> this was more than 20 years ago I'm talking about. You know, we're talking about in the 90s. Oh, yeah. When you were a child and when I still thought Robin Williams should be the genie from (laughs) Aladdin all the time. Or Mrs. Doubtfire. Or Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Or Jack. Nobody thought Robin Williams should be Jack except Francis Ford Coppola for some reason. No, I I was I was I think I was like the age for that movie, too. When that came out, I was like 10 years old. (laughs) That movie was so fucking bad. It's it's a that's a weird that's a weird movie. Like. If you're going to cast an adult to play a 10-year-old, Robin Williams might be the best bet. Oh, absolutely. But, but who the fuck needed that movie to exist? We all did. No, we didn't. Fran Drescher needed to make a comeback, okay? Leave her alone. Was Fran Drescher even in that? Yes. She plays the chick he meets at the bar who have. Oh, no, no, no. She plays his best friend's mom. I don't remember that at all. But she was in The was... Nanny at that time. In... 90, yeah, I, I don't fucking know. Man. That was her biggest era of all. Like she <laughs> I was, was, she I was, was kidding. At the I don't literal know. top of her game right then. <laughs> so this movie has possibly one of my, if not my favorite, like one of I think the best tone setting fucking introductions ever. I love, I love, I love that opening narration from April. I love the, I love how gross and dirty fucking New York looks and shit. That it does. This is definitely a grimy looking movie. Um, and I, it's, I, I love the way it looks. Which is odd. For a children's movie, especially of that era. Well, I think somebody tricked somebody. How so? You have this this super popular children's cartoon show, right? That's based on this darker, more teen teen uh, directed comic. Right. So they get the rights to this fucking thing, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, the Ninja Turtles. That's fun, right?" And everybody's happy. And then they have the fucking comic book in their back pocket, going like, "Yeah, we'll show you fucking happy." <laughs> Because while there is there there's a sense of humor and I love the jokes like like it really it gets cartoony and I and I really enjoy some of the some of the quippy nonsense. Uh-huh. This is not the fucking cartoon. No, not by a long shot. Although they do throw up that cartoon logo. <laughs> it's just super. Yeah, like, which makes which is completely incongruent with all I the rest love of the movie. The juxtaposition of that bright, colorful logo on this dark and gritty, grainy as fuck movie. <laughs> That was not made for HD, by the way. No, it looks pretty rough. How many times did it look like a turtle was eating somebody? (laughs) (laughs) 
just makes me, and all that shit just makes me love it more. But yeah, so so April in the, in the opening scene, she's giving this narration about you know the crime wave in New York City, and it's fucking. At this point, this is where I immediately started to not be able to take this movie seriously at all. Don't take this movie seriously. I I agree. You can't watch this movie taking it seriously because like it takes itself so goddamn seriously. <laughs> as a kid, I never questioned this opening narration. But as an adult, I'm watching this opening narration and I'm like, this is the biggest fucking waste of ninja training anyone has ever perpetrated. Because you have these literal ninjas <laughs> stealing crackhead level shit. You, at one point, they steal this old lady's TV off of her stoop or, or excuse me, her fire escape. She's out there with this little portable TV and they swipe it while she's not looking. That is crackhead behavior. <laughs> These are ninjas. These are the master assassins <laughs> feared <laughs> by, you know, royalty and shit like that. These are supposed to be the deadliest assassins in the world. And Shredder's whole plan is to become the Lord of the Crackheads, apparently. I think even in the comic, I can't I can't uh, quote this for sure, even though I'm looking at it right now, but I don't have time to fucking read it. I think that was kind of his thing. He just came to America and became a crime lord. Yeah. For but, no, re- no real reason. But it's the dumbest possible version of a crime lord. Like, there's literally a scene. Okay, the pickpocket scene, right? Okay, right, right, right at the beginning where they're, they're that pickpocket pick, that guy. That wallet is handed off eight times. I counted it. <laughs> eight individuals got involved to steal this wallet that may have as much as a hundred bucks in it. And then a ninja, a ninja steps in and takes it. Like, this is the most nonsensical use of these powers that anyone has ever imagined. I have to believe that Eastman and Laird, if that's actually in the comic book, that this was part of their trolling the audience. I wouldn't doubt it because they think they're in for, this is a cartoon, this is fun, but really it's about a bunch of fucking juvenile delinquents and, and a cult, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, I, mean, don't, I think... Don't get me wrong. It's hilarious. He's got he's to fund the operation somehow. I know, I know. and But again, these are ninjas, Okay. Like the, when, when they clear out that entire delivery truck, okay, that one works all in one shot, by the way. Yeah. And that that was, that was a really good one. But actually a lot of the stuff watching it, I'm like, fuck Steve Barrett, actually, he's a good director. Like he has an eye, he has a good eye for shits. And he's, he, he's occasionally a good director. Hey, leave Steve Barrett the fuck alone. (laughs) There are some really great shots in this movie, but they're interspersed with some really terrible shots as well. So let's not pretend like this guy's fucking David Lynch or something. Okay. The the five minutes he had to shoot every scene. I'm sure, I'm sure, (laughs) I'm sure they shot this in less than a month. But my point is that some of this stuff makes sense. And some of this stuff is just ridiculous wastes of time that no serious criminal mastermind would waste their time with. Well, here's here's a theory for you. He does that to lure these kids in, and that that that's the that's entry level to see if he can get them to do what he wants. Eventually, you know, he does that speech. We'll we'll talk about it later. But he says, you know, right. loyalty and discipline are the only ways you can wear the dragon doji, and that's how he gauges if they can, if they're capable, like soldiers. Essentially, he starts them young. Also, I I, I think it's less about. I mean, he's got to fund it somehow, like I said. But it's it's much less about stealing stuff and getting things than it is about seeing if he can control these kids and if they can if he can trust them (laughs) okay all right you know what i will give you that i will give you that it's still 
hilarious. You're watching a live action cartoon here. What do you want? <laughs> I'm just imagining these these guys with ninja training going in and like, ooh, I'm gonna get that stereo. You know, the, they don't have those ones. Don't have ninja training. That's the kids. Even, even April says like all, all there's no really I no I there's no eyewitness accounts. Just like scattered reports of you know teenagers at the scenes. Yes, but theoretically the teenagers also have at least a level of ninja training because they're able to perpetrate these crimes without any eyewitnesses. Even the teenagers, like in the TV scene, right? The crackhead TV <laughs> theft scene. Yeah. What does she do? She leans over the railing, and there is a little crackhead teenager looking dude just running off down the alley with her fucking TV under his arm. So the kids have the training to be able to swoop in and do these thefts incognito, you know, without getting spotted, but they're still going after crackhead level shit. Well, they do they do actually tackle a little bit of that in the sequel where a guy who looks an awful lot like Sasha Mitchell but isn't Sasha Mitchell at all. Kino kind of infiltrates the the thing to get closer to the foot to figure out what's going on. They have a they have a test where they have him t- pull all the bells off this mannequin and he's like one sound and you fail. You know, we work in concealment and shit and it's a really, it's a really fun scene. Oh yeah, that's right. And yeah. then the, and then Raphael runs like, in and yeah, grabs Raphael runs in and then the smoke clears and he's like, is this enough? Can't fucking believe I sat all the way through Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze. You're going to have to do that again at some point. How, when was the last time you watched that movie? Come on. Whenever it came out. I don't there you go. Remember. It was 1991. You were a fucking, you were a kid. Who cares? <laughs> Now you'll go back and watch it with with a different eye. You'll you'll have a different perspective. Yeah, I'm gonna be drunk as hell. The best way to watch it, probably, because that movie is so bad. It's kind of fucking. <laughs> it's great. I mean, I threw down on the on the four pack movie collection of them. So so many weird choices in that movie. Like like, but they're not really weird if you think about it, because they had it came out less than a year after this. Maybe yeah. maybe a little more than a year, but about a year after this, they didn't have the rights to any fucking characters. So Toka and Razor were supposed to be Rocksteady and Bebop, but that that's a whole, that's a whole thing. <laughs> they didn't have the rights to Rocksteady no. and Bebop, and that's why they went with those yeah. other characters. Because I was I remember wondering that, like, who the fuck are these two? And I don't uh, rights issues are so fucking weird and convoluted; it doesn't make any yeah, sense. That's for sure. And then Judith Hogue wasn't asked to return because she's she's embraced it now, but she didn't like the movie because it was too violent. What? the fuck is everybody talking about yeah and that's why ninja trolls 2 is so stupid this is one of the least violent movies i've seen that involves swinging swords and axes around like there's there's a few parts where i'm like yeah i kind of like i can get how it's kind of jarring if you only know the cartoon but at the same time i'm like get over yourself i mean nobody gets sliced or anything like that no 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 like the shredder gets cut in the arm once yeah that is that is literally the worst that happens and and yes the shredder yeah falls into the trash compactor there is one part where leonardo uses his sword to kind of leg sweep a guy and i'm like if this was real that guy wouldn't have a leg anymore (laughs) oh there's (laughs) there are quite a few scenes like that like where if leo's swords didn't have blunted edges that person would be dead there's a couple of really stiff hits too in this when Raphael's fighting him in the subway there's a couple times where he like rams into the guy and you could just see his (laughs) you could just see him whiplash and just like jesus now wait was was it Raphael or michelangelo who was played by the kid from showdown that's in i think ninja turtles 2 and it's Raphael. ernie Ray's jr is in this though who's that plays kino in part two yes but who is he oh he played he's donatello's uh fight double okay i'm i'm not communicating oh he's the kid from surf ninjas oh 
Do you know who else is in this movie? Um, no, actually, we're going to get yes, to. Yes, I do know who else is in this movie. We're going to get to. Do you to want him. me to? Do you want me to say now, or shall we? Well, wait? after that perfect intro scene, at me, fuck off. April is leaving the news station in the token yellow yellow jacket because she doesn't wear yellow in this whole fucking movie. This is the only time. Yep. Again, you're right. You're right. They're probably like, yeah, well, let's just throw something in there because the cartoon. Yeah. They're eating pizza because cartoon because they didn't eat pizza in the comic books. Only two of them had personalities in the comics for a while. <laughs> It was Leonardo and Raphael just so they could fight each other all the time. Um, I mean, they do they do go with the movie personality types. Yeah, uh, at, and which is good. Yeah. And in in the, the the original ones didn't have color, so like they used the bandanas from the cartoon. Right. Like it's all very it's all recognizable, but you got to kind of Although it yeah. was interesting that they have that moment like who the I can't remember if it was Raphael or Donatello who's like, hey, what do you think you're our boss or something to Leonardo? Oh, it's always Raphael. If he's arguing with Leo, it's always Raphael. <laughs> because, you know, the the Ninja Turtles theme song is Leonardo leads, Donatello does machines, Raphael is cool but rude, and Michelangelo is a party dude. And that's basically the personality types they gave him in this. But then at the same time, they have that moment where they're like, hey, you think we're our boss? Fuck you. <laughs> well, according to the song at the end, which again... Can you guys tell that I'm a little biased and I just love this movie to death? The guy in that song says You're writing Raphael, it really well. The guy in that song says Raphael's the leader. <laughs> I think he somebody lied to him or he misread something, but it's 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 in there, and I love that song. Yeah, that that end song was uh, the best goddamn thing ever. Oh, it was it was a song. Yeah, a fucking technically great speaking. One. Anyways. <laughs> April leaves the news station for the night in her token yellow, yellow, I keep on calling it a yellow leather jacket. That's Megan Fox. A yellow raincoat. She goes to her van and as she walks up to her van, there's a bunch of thugs stealing TVs off of it and shit. And who does she find there? Is it the lead thug? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Played by, played by this dude who you might know called Sam Rockwell doing a fucking weird kind of not great New York accent. Yeah. And it's delightfully fun i could not fuck i was like why does that guy look familiar and it wasn't until like the you know that very last scene where he's talking to the cops you can go to the east warehouse and and Lairdman islands (laughs) yeah and i was like holy shit is that sam rockwell and i was like all right now i have to sit through the credits and listen to that rock and fucking song that's that song was worse than the ghostbusters 2 song this is like a pre-intro to the ninja turtles i do like the suspense that they build here is pretty spot on because they they don't blow their load too quick in this movie and it's it's good so the guys she she runs into the guys trying to steal shit and they're and he's like you know hey bad timing and she's like you're telling me and then she tries to run but they fucking tackle her and then she yells for help and she's damsel in distress and all that shit and then we see Raphael's sigh fucking fly at a light knocks it out then it's all in the dark, and then you hear them all go, all the all the karate action. Yeah, the street goes pitch black. <laughs> and pitch then, black. Then you hear Michelangelo go, whoa! And then the lights come back on because the cops show up. I just love the idea that there's any alleyway in New York that is that utterly black just from losing one light. Well, it's 1990 <laughs> in, in the seedy New York downtown area. And when the cops come, uh, April's sitting there and Raphael pops his head up out of the sewer a little bit. And it's just like, can you imagine just being like a five-year-old kid in, in the fucking theater when this came out? Just going like, oh, I want to fucking see him. I can imagine being a 10-year-old kid in the theater when it came out. And were you like, oh, I want to fucking see him. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I was. <laughs> you see his sigh sitting next to April and she kind of sees it. And she grabs it, throws it in her bag. He's like, oh, man. And then he says, he says the naughty word. He says, damn, 
damn. <laughs> and he says that a lot throughout the course of this. I'm movie. guessing the parents were not prepared for that, especially. I can only imagine. I'm picturing my mother sitting there watching this with me because I know it was either her or my grandma who took me to see it. And I'm just like, God, they were really sweet to sit through this entire movie with me. Because, <laughs> okay. I enjoy this movie because I have a particular set of tastes. I like a bad movie. I grew up on the Ninja Turtles. I have the nostalgia and all that shit. And I'm not saying I didn't enjoy this movie. Don't misunderstand me. My shit talking is not to say that this movie isn't fun. It's just to say this movie isn't good. No, it's good. No, it's not. It's good. It's great even. I grew up with the Ninja Turtles. I sit down and I watch this and it's like this big nostalgia trip. My parents did not have that nostalgia trip to go down with me when they watched it. I can't imagine how difficult this was for whoever took me to see it to sit through. <laughs> but God bless them, because I remember the joy that it brought me at that age. Well, I always say, like, yeah, this is this is a nostalgic movie, really. But none of this stuff is nostalgic for me because I just never stopped watching it. It's still nostalgic. It is, I, but but I don't get that feeling like, oh man, I haven't watched this in so long. I haven't watched it since I was a little kid. That's not necessarily the same thing as nostalgia. I mean, that that's an aspect of it, I guess, but that's not the entirety of it. Maybe the TMNT movie from 2007. I haven't watched that in a really long time. I haven't watched that ever, and that's that's the fourth movie in my four-pack. So Not awful. The story's fucking stupid, like it's pointless and it doesn't make any sense, but it looks really nice and the characters are good. I'm curious to watch it. I'll end up watching it. The story sucks. Eventually. No Maybe. Shredder, of course, and which bugged the crap out of me. I don't know. I think you could get by without a Shredder as long as you have someone interested. I'm like, who is this douche? Who fucking cares? Who was the villain in it? Some guy. Just some <laughs> rando? <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember his name. Patrick, Joey Spielman from Pat, Patrick Stewart, 47th Street. He's voiced by Patrick Stewart. That's uh, that's all I remember. Okay. And it was he's like in, an immortal guy and needs to summon or needs to capture these several monsters to bring back his soldier family. And Karai is there and the foot soldier, foot, foot, the foot soldiers show up. But wait, Shredder's wait, not there. the foot soldiers are there, but Shredder's not. I mean, he was their leader. It technically takes place in the same continuity as the first three movies, but not really. So Shredder's dead. Oh, did he die in part three? Or Air something? quotes. Fuck no. He's not in part three. Why did would he die in two then? Yeah, he got crushed by, by the by the dock when he was super Shredder. So it doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm still wondering how they brought him back from being put in the trash compactor. I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. It's been that long since I watched part two. You know how they. You know how they bring him back. I know they, they bring just him do. back. They just do. There's no. Oh, fucking... so it's just. It's just movie. It's just <laughs> Deus Ex Machina. Shredder's yeah. back. Yeah. Splinter goes. We leave the Shredder buried, and then it cuts to uh, like a landfill kind of thing, and then it kind of pans over it. It's kind of a cool shot, actually. And then. And then a fist. <laughs> yeah. Busts out yeah. of the girl. I already like. You didn't even have to tell me. I. <laughs> the way it works they're like hey uh, what's the lowest effort way we can do this he's silhouetted he's scary like it, it's, it's a shredder of course yeah. he's scary and then he starts playing around with toka and rosar and you're just like oh that's fucking adorable shredder's so cute and the turtles the turtles always look great again not made for hd but they, the, how could they anticipate fucking 30 years later everybody fucking watching the stupid movie on blu-ray <laughs> and shit like they didn't make movies for the future. They made this movie for yeah. the now, right? Yeah. But, you know, then. credit where credit's due for the time 
and given, you know, the budget and everything like that, those costumes do look really good. And it's still charming. The fucking 2014 Turtles, that's going to age like milk. Nobody's going to give a shit. There's a reason people still watch this movie. Yeah. There's a reason nobody even... nostalgia. That's the reason. And the Turtles look awesome. (laughs) The the Turtles look awesome for foam suits. You know what else is awesome? They look exactly like foam suits. But that's... (laughs) That's part of the charm, is that they look exactly like foam well, suits. Yeah. After the turtles save April's ass and Raphael gets all butthurt about the fucking sigh, we get... I love this fucking soundtrack. The score in this movie is so fun. It makes me so happy. The score did... Like, that brought that brought some emotional resonance. But I can't recall any of it to save my life. Like, if you asked me to hum a few bars of the score, I couldn't fucking do it. But as it was playing, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. It's good stuff. So we're in the sewer now, right? And the turtles are walking and we can hear them talking and kind of being like, hey, we're awesome and we're cool and we're we're the cartoon turtles, you know, because that's true. We're, we're the cartoon turtles parents, so don't fucking worry. Uh, <laughs> and and you're, again, you're building up that suspense because you can see their shadows, right? And just when you can see it's Donatello and he's ready to jump and then it fucking freeze frames and there's the title. And then you're just like, motherfucker. <laughs> And then we get the reveal. And then we finally get the reveal, and they look fucking great, and it makes me happy every time. And they're just like, you know, we were awesome, and we're kicking ass, and then Donatello's a fucking dork, and he's like, Bossa Nova. <laughs> I said that so much as a kid. Me Donatello too. was my favorite. Chevy Nova? <laughs> and it's delightful. And pizza, and then, pizza, and- I need it. Ooh, baby, all that shit. <laughs> and then Raphael gives us another damn. Raphael has a very bad attitude. He's a fucking edgelord, Raphael is. <laughs> then we, you know, after all that fun, give me three. You got it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Give me three. After after all that, we, we slow it down, you know? We slow it down. We meet Splinter, who is... A really good mentor, father figure, and his like his voice and just his whole thing. I'm like, I feel comfortable. I would like it if he was my dad. And Splinter's he's, pretty well done, I, I gotta say. It um, is Kevin Clash, and there has been some controversy surrounding Kevin Clash. The allegations have been, air quotes, proven false, so we don't need to talk about that. But I have no idea what you're talking about. And Elmo may have done some bad things, but we don't know for sure. Oh, oh, so he's the same guy who did Elmo. Yeah. Oh, okay, see, I did not know that. Kevin Clash. And then in the next one, Kevin Clash is in it too, but Kevin Nash is also in it. And that always confused the crap out of me. Yes, Kevin Nash. Yes, the wrestler. Okay. (laughs) I've never heard of Kevin Nash before. Diesel! I'd never heard of Kevin Clash before either. You've never heard of Kevin Clash? He's fucking Elmo. What the hell's wrong with you? I've heard of Elmo, and I knew there was some allegations against the guy who did Elmo. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, So also, Splinter gets kind of a cool reveal. There's a nice, like, camera pan when the turtles walk in. They go, you know, Leonardo sits down in front of me. He's like, we just had our first battle. Master Splinter. It's the weird how he delivers that line. You know, they were many, but we kicked. Uh, We fought well. And he's like, were, <laughs> were you seen? He's like, no. In this, you must never lapse. All that shit. I've watched this movie too many times. So then Splinter is giving a speech. <laughs> I don't, I don't even remember what it's fucking about because Mikey's in the background ordering a pizza. Oh, but no anchovies. And I mean no anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. 
Uh, that'll do. And the clock's ticking, dude. <laughs> and distracting the entire audience. And then Splinter throws a book at him. Then it gets serious again for a second because Splinter goes, you know, the only lesson left for you guys to learn is that you guys are going to have to do this on your own one day. I mean, you'll you'll have each other, but I'll be gone. Yep. And that's sad. And he's like, all right, so we're going to meditate on the events of this evening. And, and what happens? They turn on tequila. He's like, well, this is like meditating. And then instead of tequila, they say ninjutsu. And then, and then Splinter's face just falls. He, he, did, he does that a lot. Though. And then Raph is going to go to a movie somehow in his trench coat. Because in the cartoon, they used they, they wore yeah. trench coats. Except they had weird like baby people masks. Those fucking masks were super weird. We're going to have an almost serious scene before we get to the pizza stuff. Well, actually, right before the pizza stuff. Uh, Mikey's sitting down like right under this sewer grate thing and Donatello's skateboarding towards him because him and Donatello have like a close relationship in this movie. You can tell they, they're they always hanging out together. I hadn't really noticed it on this watch, but I'll take your word for it. He sits down next to Michelangelo and he's like, hey, you know, did you ever, did you ever think about Splinter, what Splinter said, you know, about not having him and all that? And Michelangelo kind of goes, hmm. And then he fucking, he, he just completely disregards that statement and goes because he's talking about you know waiting for the pizza delivery guy it's domino's by the way which we'll talk about here in a second but uh he says pizza dude's got 30 seconds or whatever <laughs> and then time's up three bucks off yeah, i was donatello's trying to make this earnest point <laughs> yes. and raphael's just like Don- pizza, michelangelo Ra- uh, right michelangelo is just like pizza because he doesn't want to think about it because he's no, the he's obviously. the baby of the group like obviously yeah, he's the party dude the reason he's partying is because pausing and taking life seriously scares the shit out of him that's why i never sit in silence did you notice that in in the movie it's dominoes but the the commercial at the beginning of the vhs tape is pizza hut yes always weirded me out i did notice that also this scene is really funny and i mean i noticed it when you showed me the video we meet the delivery guy the pizza delivery guy he shows up and he's like all right 122 122 and an eighth i'm like (laughs) i don't know what that means but that's that that is michelin michelin sisti who plays michelangelo really is the pizza delivery guy yep i did not know So that's kind of fun he's delivering a pizza to himself yes he's like where is it and then then michelangelo goes just slip it down or you're standing on it dude he's like wow what the fuck he's like just slip (laughs) it down here and and then like he turns the side turns it sideways and i'm like ah you're fucking ruining the pizza that's what i was i've i've been thinking that since i was 10 years old (laughs) but then again it's domino's so are you really ruining it it's domino's in 1990s really ruining it so michelangelo slips him up a 10 and he's like hey man this is a 10 the tab's 13 one of the greatest lines in cinema history wise men say forgiveness is divine but never pay full price for late pizza and it's true and then we cut to michael or michelangelo and leonardo uh, and donatello and splinter all hanging out eating pizza and then michelangelo throws it up in the air leonardo fucking cuts it up and he's like it's the new turbo ginsu and slices it dices it makes french fries in three different and then because one of the slices lands on splinter's head and he just kids <sighs> deflates again and then Raphael is going to see critters i think he looks at the poster and goes where do they come up with this stuff which is funny because i have now seen critters when when raf is out and about he sees two guys like steal this lady's purse and then he trips them and then he opens his trench coat which could go one of two ways now that i think about it <laughs> and shows him his air quotes sigh uh, and then, again that could go one of two ways <laughs> and then the two are like oh fuck let's get the hell out of here uh and then they jump over uh they jump over a wall and then they run into the coolest motherfucker alive casey jones played by elias Cateus. probably the coolest he's ever been 100 percent the coolest he's ever been <laughs> they they bring him back in part three and he just kind of shows up to take care of the time traveling guys they don't even give him a role 
Not really. Oh, that's a bummer. He's like, when do we get to crack some skulls? And they're like, you don't get to crack any skulls this time, Casey. You get to make sure that these assholes don't go ham on Splinter. I'm sure that's exactly how they put it, too. Casey Jones is the fucking best. And I know what these hockey terms mean now. (laughs) (laughs) I did know what the hockey terms meant because my PE teacher in grade school (laughs) taught them to us because apparently he was a hockey coach at one point. And so he had us play hockey without skates and with... Oh, yeah, we did that. Uh, like a ball? With, like, balls, yeah. yeah. But he but he taught us the terminology, you know, hooking, high-sticking... All the stuff you weren't allowed to roughing, do. Roughing, stuff, yeah. what? Yeah, he, he taught us those terms. But yeah, and I, I, was, I was like that. My personal favorite, two minutes for high-sticking. Oh, because the first thing these guys say is like, what the hell was that? And he's like, that was a crime, you purse-grabbing pukes. And I love it. <laughs> uh, and so he's about to kick their asses when Raphael goes, how about a two-minute game misconduct? for roughing pal i i love their their interaction and this is the Raphael one shot oh really much more violent in the comic book because casey jones is about to kill those kill these fucking guys called the purple dragons which is like the i think like the less the lesser gang of the foot clan low level entry level yeah or rather i think they're connected level I, foot clan. I can't remember if they're actually connected or not but either way yeah so so Raphael's like dude you gotta fucking not do that like, I'm a hothead, too. I get it. But, like, you got to not. And that's in the comic. But in this one, they just kind of go back and forth, try to beat each other up. Raphael makes fun of his Jose Canseco bats, which makes me laugh every time. <laughs> and then... Please tell me you did <laughs> not pay money for this. And then he hits him and he goes, it was a two-for-one sale. <laughs> and then he pulls out the cricket mallet, Casey does, and he's, he's like, cricket. He's like, cricket, you got to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. That line made no fucking sense to me as a kid. <laughs> me either. I was like... Is he just like taking the word cricket and turning it into something else? Like I, I had no fucking clue. And I love I love the way he does it cuz Raphael's voice is like none of the ninja turtles speak with the same accent. They speak like no. they were raised in different boroughs <laughs> of New York. Raphael has to sound like the tough guy. He's the guy with the attitude. <laughs> you got to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. Actually, we'll meet we'll meet Raphael's human human person in just a second. Actually, okay. When Casey hits hits Raphael real hard and makes him fall into a trash can after he calls him. Oh, the, the one one line he's like, "What are you a punker?" God, I hate punkers, especially bald ones with green makeup who wear masks over their ugly faces. <laughs> I'm like, sure. I, I I never. That's another line I never got when I was a kid. I'm like, what's a punker? And now I know what a punker is. I pretend to be one sometimes. So he he hits Raphael real hard. He lands in a garbage can. And Raphael's having a fucking huge issue getting this thing off his head. That's very cartoony, I guess. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's very cartoony. And then he's like, Casey Jones like, so long, freak. I got work to do. And, you know, Raphael doesn't like that. Calling him a freak is like calling Marty McFly a fucking... Chicken. Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> so then he runs after... He runs after Casey. And he does a roll over this cab. And then... We cut to it inside the cab and the guy in the back goes, what the heck was that? Or what the hell was that? And then the cab driver looks back and goes, kind of look like a big turtle in a trench coat. You're going to LaGuardia, right? Yeah. Like it's just another Friday, Friday night, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and the guy in the back is Raphael. Oh, okay. That line's funny as fuck too, because it's just like, this. just, he doesn't care. Just <laughs> the New York cab driver is so disaffected by chaos and weirdness at this point. He's like, eh, giant yeah. turtle in a trench coat, probably. And then we get another damn, only this time the whole city hears it. <laughs> very ninja like Raphael. <laughs> then Raphael comes home and Splinter talks to him about channeling his anger and how he's kind of unique among his brothers because he's the only one that can't like keep it fucking together and he's the only one that's like outwardly angry all the time. It is an unconquerable enemy. You are unique 
among your brothers. For you choose to face this enemy alone. But as you face it, do not forget them and do not forget me. I am here, my son. And it's it's actually a really good moment. It's sweet. <laughs> it is. And I, I make fun of it, but it is it's legit. It's good. it's very heartfelt. Then we cut to April in her apartment, and her fucking boss is so weirdly invasive. Yeah. Whose fucking boss comes over to your apartment first thing in the morning? This one, because he's like, you need to chill the fuck out and stop talking stop talking shit about these foot soldiers, because also Chief Stearns. Chief Stearns is funny. I love this guy. Danny is Charles' son, and he's sitting there. Really loves Sid Vicious this Yeah, guy. I was going to say, I only noticed it on this watch. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. He's like, he's rocking two Sid Vicious t-shirts. Okay. And Sid Vicious, I fucking hate Sid Vicious. <laughs> Danny steals some of April's money, but also... He puts his head in headphones. April asks him how school's going, and he's like, oh, it's Charles is like, it's fine. It's so good, in fact. It's fucking, I have to drive him there every morning just to make sure he goes. And then he, Danny puts his head in headphones. He's like, where the hell did he get those things anyways? And then he steals money, and then fucking, we're out. I remember being shocked by the by the scene of him stealing money out of April's wallet. I know. It's like, I get, again, I get the the, the, shock, the shock value of, this is a fun cartoon for kids. Uh, it's turned into a movie where there's a bunch of <laughs> teenagers stealing shit, and maybe a guy getting beaten to death later. We're not sure. And a bunch of those foot soldiers totally dying in that fire. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so now Chief Stearns at April. April's interviewing Chief Stearns. He's the chief of police, and he is so full of shit. He has no idea what he's doing. This guy is everything <laughs> that's wrong with cops in New York. Yeah, she's like, oh, there's a line where she says, unfortunately, the only ones available are the police. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, but she's like, so what are you what are you doing to combat this foot, this foot clamp thing? And he's like, we are presently executing a plan of redeployment. That will minimize response time while maximizing coordination between patrol units in a decentralized networking scheme. Huh. I'm not sure I understood all that, Chief Stearns. Would you mind repeating it in English, perhaps? Now, what that means, Miss O'Neill, is that we have everything well in hand. I understood exactly what he was saying, yeah. but only because I've worked in an office for so goddamn long. It's because bullshit jargon like that has become such an integral part of modern American life. Especially like, we had to learn it. Yeah, it's true. I Yeah, I agree. While the interview is happening, the turtles are watching it and getting all fucking bonered up for, for April. It's weird. Yeah, uh, it was. It, it's very weird, considering they're completely different species. They're... There's a lot of interspecies erotica implied in this in this franchise. <laughs> Later on in, in the in the CGI animated show, Donatello is super in love with April. Really? Yeah, like a lot. And it's weird. But this this one's a great shot. This is a great shot. Uh we get Shredder in front of this like wall of these CRT TVs, which is so fucking 90s, it's disgusting. <laughs> like, and he's just silhouetted and you can and he's just like you know, find her, silence her. I'm like, oh, he's so scary. We haven't even seen him yet. That's awesome. <laughs> We see Danny kind of get arrested, and when we cut back to April, who's kind of tearing down, and they're going to move all their news shit, and then she gets fucking, she gets called into Chief Stern's office, and he basically just rips into her. She doesn't give a shit. She says, like, well, what are you going to do? What are you doing? Are you doing anything? Why are you being such a piece of shit? I love April's chutzpah. And I never knew what manpower was back then. I didn't know it was like, this is how many people we need for this. I thought he was talking about, like, his own testosterone or something <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> You expect me to waste precious manpower? And I'm like, like, your man manliness? 
That's pretty funny. <laughs> so then Raph is out in the daytime for some reason. I'm not really sure how he's getting away with this. I mean, he's a ninja, so I get it. But he like follows her into the subway, but I don't know if he means to or not. Because I'm really, I'm a little, this is part of, this is the cracks. The cracks in the in the flow yeah. of the story a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. The stuff that I noticed, and but like she goes into the subway. It's empty, by the way, in the middle of the day. Like what fucking, <laughs> yeah, right. what fucking New York subway is empty in the middle of the day? <laughs> yeah. And this scene's actually, again, this is, this is slightly violent where, yeah. like, I, I I get I get it, but I don't get it. You know, I, I get it, but get the fuck over it. I I don't know. <laughs> like if it was gra- if it was graphically violent, that would be one thing. But this is this seems pretty clear cut. You know, like yeah. it like it's a it's a character defending a another character who's being attacked. Well, I think I think by a criminal element. I'm 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 referring he to, doesn't kill him or anything no, the foot soldiers show up and she's like well what's this am i behind on my sony payments again that's kind of racist april <laughs> <laughs> and what the hell do you mean sony payments what the fuck did they just like have a sony's japanese yeah. that's what it that's what she means sony's <laughs> okay. japanese and then he's like you know i deliver a message shut your fucking mouth and he slaps her in the face and then she's like you know what i'm gonna start i'm gonna she pulls out Raphael's sigh from her purse and she starts like waving it at him and then he kicks it out of her hand and then she starts beating the shit out of him with her purse and they're taking it and uh, like i love her she's such a bad she's she, she would be a badass if she could fight right yeah and she gets knocked out she needs some training that's yeah, what just, she needs just a tiny tiny bit those turtles should be teaching her shit because she would be formidable and then Raphael comes out and kicks ass and this is where some of the stiff hits come like he <laughs> like he doesn't connect for a lot of them but there's a couple where he he swings and like you just see these guys fucking buckle and it's so funny <laughs> I'll have to watch it a little closer next time. I never noticed it before, but I was like, Jesus, like that's a yikes. That guy's head flew off his shoulder. <laughs> he hit him in the chest and this guy just went like, Whoa. <laughs> it was good. You have, I mean, sometimes, especially back in the day, you had to actually connect in order to make it look good, you know? Well, and it's funny because they, they apparently shot most of the fight scenes in the turtle suits uh, slow, like on slow moving film because they, oh, so so, they could speed it up yeah because they were so bulky obviously yeah. like the shit that they're doing in these suits is fucking insane some of it oh god can you imagine fucking even walking around in that thing for that actually minutes? makes a lot more sense now that you say it because i was watching it last night and just some of the scenes particularly the one in april's apartment later oh yeah i was like god damn these guys are madmen moving like that <laughs> so they're not quite moving like that but okay that's that makes way more sense it looks awesome. They they did it well. It's like those guys in the Rue suits and Warriors of Virtue. Yeah. It's like, holy fuck. Those, those look l- even more cumbersome than these with the tails <laughs> yeah. and stuff. So Raph then has to, after he beats the shit out of the foot soldiers. Oh, I like that shot of him, by the way, getting his sigh and sliding it towards himself <laughs> real quick. Oh, it, it, it's some good stuff. That's definitely a, uh, a an, a, an adolescent thriller. It's kind of fun, and it's a it's a it's it's a quick fight scene. But April's unconscious, so he has to carry her to to the sewer den. But he gets followed by some fucking foot soldiers. Well, I think he gets followed by one. Well, like three of them come down there, but only one of them makes his way. Like the other two, like were sick on the day that they actually shot that part. So like, <laughs> <laughs> is that actually what happened? No, I can't tell. I, I, wish I never know how much of of this is like your flavor text <laughs> and how much is actual facts that you learned over the years because this is, you're such a huge fan. You know, it is an indie film, so anything could have happened to those other two. But I, I am imagining they probably took branching paths and we just didn't see that part. This movie isn't the best edited movie ever. Raphael lays her out on the couch. They're all like, fucking why? What are you doing? <laughs> like naturally, right? And he's like, you know, she got jumped in the subway. I had to bring her here. And then Splinter's, oh, Michelangelo leans over her and goes, can we keep her? 
<laughs> and then Splinter's like, yeah, get get this stuff, get this stuff. And eventually she wakes up. She screams. She's like, I'm dreaming. I saw you in the parking lot, Mr. Rat. I don't know where you guys came from. Why don't I ever dream of Harrison Ford? Because <laughs> that was relevant in 1990, wasn't it? Very. We get the origin story for the turtles. And some of the cutest fucking puppets ever in the history of puppetry. <laughs> These things are fucking adorable. Uh, it's a little different. Then in the comic, in the comic, it's a little more convoluted because Oroku Saki is actually the brother of the dude who gets killed and then it ends up going to That was to probably too much for PG. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. But he still ends up murdering people. Yeah, he still he still kills them. And again, another part where I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of get it. Yeah. Again, I get the sho- I get I get how shocking it can be, but it's a lot for a PG movie. I yeah. mean, it really it really this is. This is a PG-13 movie. Now. Oh, is it? No. Oh, that, it would be now. Yeah. That's what I sure. I've, I've always thought that. Yeah, I'm shocked that this didn't get a PG-13. <laughs> well, it was 1990 and we got away with way more shit back then. <laughs> I 90 was the point at which things were turning though. 90 was when PG-13 started getting way more broadly used. Well, yeah, I guess it was still fairly new, wasn't it? Yeah. It only it, been it around went, for like seven, eight yeah, years. Yeah, it was still point. in single digit yeah. years, so. Well, that's weird to think about. And now PG-13 is PG. It's, it's the new PG. Yep, effectively. Every movie is PG-13 now. Yeah. Which is weird. PG-13 is what every studio aims for. They're like, that's that's their goal. That's their that's the sweet yeah. spot. That's where everybody can come and see it. And everybody does. So they end up having to escort April back to her place. They climb up out of the sewer and she's like, hey, you know, I'd invite you guys in, but I don't have anything to offer you except for frozen pizza. Here's where <laughs> here I think this is the first actual cartoony moment. This is definitely cartoony. You hear you hear something go like bring and you see Mikey pop up out of the fucking sewer. <laughs> and he's like, let's go for it. You guys eat pizza? Doesn't everybody? That was not Mikey jumping out of the sewer, the sound effect. That was Mike. That, that was Mikey's penis <laughs> bringing to attention. Then they go up and hang out in her apartment and Mikey's doing bad impressions of like Rocky and Cagney. Oh. Even Raph is like, oh no, not Cagney. <laughs> and it's, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll fight Apollo and maybe I won't, you know? What do you think, Adrian? Here's it, my question. I, I get where they saw Rocky. They're 15 years old. <laughs> Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, they were born in 75. Yeah. Where the fuck did they see Cagney? On their shitty little CRTV that picks up, like, regular channels. They had a TV? I didn't see a yeah, TV. Yeah, they, they had the TV in the sewer. That's how they were watching the report when they were all getting Oh, I must, have, I must have just blanked on that. I fucking said they were watching April on the TV. Gray static all around my brain. <laughs> nothing. Happened. I got like, nothing. It was like five minutes ago. <laughs> okay, there's uh, going to come a point at which you need to just walk me out into the woods. Oh, I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, so now oh, we're, we're back. We're, we're going to get back into serious town for a minute. So remember that foot soldier that followed Raphael back to the back to the den at that point? Of course. At one point. Uh, so they go back and they're like, oh, man, she loved us. It was the impressions, dudes. And... And they're all having fun and they're happy, but somebody has broken into their into their little home and ransacked the shit out of the place and Splinter's missing. Raph screams and scares the shit out of some poor old guy walking up on the surface. <laughs> I've always I've always felt bad for that guy, even as a kid. I'm like, that guy's gonna have fucking nightmares and be very <laughs> concerned forever. Uh, so they end up going back to April's place because she's the only person they know. She's, th- that's the only place yep. they can go. Like, where else are they going to go? They haven't decided to find a new place to live yet because she hasn't kicked them out like in the second one. Their social circle is not large at no. this point. Nope, they don't have in the comic. They, yeah, all, all they have is Casey and April right now. And Casey's... Kate, technically, they, they don't, don't even have, have Casey. Casey. If Casey saw them, it would be a fight. Stearns, by the way, like really, really quick. It's an intercut scene real, real quick. 
Stearns calls Charles to right. tell him that Danny has been arrested. But that that that's that's a really quick just interlude there. Charles comes to April's apartment again. April's apartment again. Oh my fucking god, this guy. <laughs> no boundaries on this dude. None. And he's like, dude, I know you got jumped and shit. You need to fucking lay off. Like, what? <laughs> what is going on? She's like, no, go fuck yourself. <laughs> she also tells the turtles to hide. But then Charles doesn't like say like, what's all this shit? Because there's like blankets yeah. and chip bags everywhere. Doesn't even occur to him. He, he's, he's not like, oh, did you have guests over? Nothing. He's all business. Yeah, all business. Danny, uh, Danny's in the kitchen. He looks in a mirror, sees Michelangelo hiding under the table. Turns around. Michelangelo's gone because they're ninjas. <laughs> Charles follows her into the bathroom where she's washing her face and she's like, you know, I don't need your help, but can you get me a towel? I thought that line was kind of, it wasn't meant to be funny, but I thought it was kind of funny. He almost sees Donatello, but Donatello fucking hides up on like the ceiling. <laughs> and as Charles leaves, you you can, you can hear him go, whew. <laughs> then Danny runs away when he's getting driven to school and shit in the middle of fucking New York traffic and we get our first real look at this cool fucking warehouse where all these kids are hanging out and you just it just reeks late 80s early 90s oh yeah this this is straight out of Double Dragon or maybe I should say the uh you know what it's straight out of Ninja Turtles <laughs> Exactly. The <laughs> the scene in Double Dragon with the... Oh, uh, with the power core? The power core yeah. <laughs> is ripped straight from this. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's got skateboarding. It's got video games. Narc. I thought that was the coolest fucking thing <laughs> I have ever seen. And I've never, ever played it. This is the inner city version of the Lost Boys home from Hook. <laughs> exactly like that. Why can I not remember his name? Sam Rockwell. Every fucking time. I love this guy and I can never remember his name. He's given a tour to these two guys and he's like, anything you want to do, do it. Whatever. And the dude's like, you got any cigarettes? I fucking hate this guy. I want to punch him. I just hate his voice. Not Sam Rockwell, the guy he's given the tour yeah, to. And then Sam Rockwell thinks he's the coolest person alive going, regular or menthol? He, yeah, he just reaches down, picks up two cartons. So there's this weird sparring session going on inside this warehouse, like in a different part of it. And this is where, this I, I, I guess it's a sparring session. It's, it's like training. Yeah, it's martial arts training for the guys who will eventually become the foot soldiers because you have the actual right. foot soldiers standing there, not fucking moving or reacting to any of this. But all the kids who are not in the in the dragon doji things that Splinter will re or Shredder will reference later, they're all like, "Oh God, what the fuck?" Oh, ah. so this kid like wins this fight against this other kid, and then Tatsu shows up. Tatsu's very. I love Tatsu, this fucking guy. He shows up in all sorts of fucking movies. Yeah, what else do I know him from? Because I know I know him from some Showdown shit. in Little Tokyo. I didn't even have to think about that one. <laughs> I need to go back and rewatch. I haven't watched Showdown in Little Tokyo in decades. It's so, it's it's exactly what you want it to be. Literally the only scene I remember is when, whatever the fuck the guy's name from uh, Nemesis is. I call him Shang Tsung because I can never remember. Yeah, when he, when he fucks that girl and then chops her head off with the sword <laughs> that that's the only awesome. scene i remember from that whole fucking movie there's a dude on youtube who reviews like dumb action movies it was the weirdest fucking thing when he reviewed that movie he looks at brandon lee and goes oh he looks like a mix of this guy and this guy and i'm like do you not know who brandon lee is <laughs> and then his next video was rapid fire with brandon what? with brandon Wait, lee what? and then he was like Oh shit, I'm really sorry. Like you guys all pointed out to me that that was Brandon Lee in that other movie because I never really knew what he looked like. Because like like I saw the crow and everything. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? That's true. I mean, if the only thing you've seen is the crow, he's unidentifiable because he looks totally different in the crow. Yeah, he he pulled that Heath Ledger thing where we're all like, oh, he's just a pretty boy. And then apparently he's a great actor too. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> 
after the sparring session ends and that kid like beats the other kid up, Tatsu shows up. And again, like I said, love Tatsu. And then we got sidetracked because of because we love him so much. <laughs> Not his real voice, by the way, which always weirded me out. But it, it like it's his real voice to me. Yeah. So well, every time he's in another movie and he talks, I'm like, what the fuck is that? That's not him. So they just dubbed him. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like with another vaguely Asian villain sounding guy. Which I, is... I never knew that they dubbed him. You should watch the trailer. What, Nobody the... has the same voices in the trailer. Really? It's real weird. I haven't watched the trailer since it was playing in a movie theater. Yeah, I, th- I think it was like on one of the DVDs that I have. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is this? I do know that my Blu-ray does have the trailer and that is it. Just mm-hmm. the trailer. No other yeah. special feature. Like I said, I think Arrow would be the right choice for this because they have another New Line movie. They have the Giver also. Yeah, but only in only in England. Oh, fuck. I don't care. Uh, we, we were prepared for that. So I don't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, but I mean, it would be nice <laughs> to see a good wide release. It would. Maybe even Vinegar Syndrome. Let's get weird. Vinegar Syndrome. Wouldn't they would never good. do it in a million years, but they would make a good one. I don't even think they could get the rights, honestly. I think it's too big for that. Well, now it is. Right now, just because Paramount and Seth Rogen's fucking making a new Ninja Turtles movie and shit. I had no idea that was happening. <laughs> yeah. Seth Rogen. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting choice. I'm curious how that'll turn out. All I hope is that it's not like uh, the Green Hornet. I liked the Green Hornet. Which actually. I didn't hate. I'm just like, dude, don't fucking do that again. Like, I, we don't... Take it seriously is all I, I want. I thoroughly enjoyed the Green Hornet. Make this version of the Ninja Turtles, but do it like better a little bit. I would say make the gritty version of Ninja Turtles. You know, I mean, I mean, Grittier. still, still, yeah. still family, still like PG-13, yeah. you know, but, but like a little grittier, but also very kind of self-aware and fun. Don't Michael bait it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the problem is like. If you lean so hard into the greediness that there's no fun, because like what Eastman and Laird were doing, I think is like the exact proper amount. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be biased towards that, you know, because it's it's kind of perfect. But because like they made it super gritty, but also completely absurd. Those Utrams, they're they're probably my favorite little brain, little brain (laughs) in the stomach, guys. I love it. Like that's the attitude that it needs is is. Gritty, but completely ridiculous. They also weren't actual bad guys in the comic. But Krang was. They were like antagonists. Krang wasn't in there. He, Krang he, showed up in the comic eventually. He, he was a cartoon character. He made his way into like the reboot comic that they're doing now. The, no, I mean like, he, no, and, it, well, it, he was he was part of that, not the first run of comics the, or the second run that they did, but I think the third run of comics. Not this, not this one, but he was in the TMNT Adventures, okay, which is go, the yeah. more cartoon based, which... The first several issues were just like comic book adaptations of the show. But those were still ones that were being done by Eastman and Laird. I think some of them were. But eventually it spun off and it turned into its own fucking weird, weird thing. Like that's weird. But that got sh- that got so strange. Because I watched, a, I watched a, a, like a deep dive by one of those. It's this guy who does like these deep dives into comics and stuff. And, and he was talking. Who? Linkara? No. Um, I haven't heard. He hasn't talked about Ninja Turtles enough. This guy's really, he's really popular. Like I found him through YouTube recommendations. That's how popular he is. But he, he goes into the whole history of the Ninja Turtles comic book specifically. And Krang does show up. I'm not sure Eastman and Laird were both working on it at the time, but at least one of them was still working on it when Krang made his way into the comic book. I am curious because that'd be kind of fun. 
Like, he was definitely created for the cartoon, but... Oh, yeah. Tatsu is, like, sizing this kid up, right? After their little their little thing is Wait, over. which kid? Oh, the kid who, the kid who was... Uh, the no-name kid. Who was training. Yeah. And then they bow, and then Tatsu kicks him in the face and says, you know, never lower your eyes to an enemy. And he's like, yes, Master Tatsu. And that's when all the kids are like, what the fuck? But the foot soldiers are just like, yeah. Yeah, the foot soldiers are clearly more regimented than the, uh, the juniors. And what are they called again? The dragon... Than the foot soldiers. Something. No, no, but the... What were they... What they're, that's what they're what? wearing. The dragon doji is what they're oh, wearing. Oh, okay. So the gong sounds, and this is one of my favorite villain reveals ever. This is so <laughs> fucking cool. The music is perfect. Like, the the, the shredder music, just that... that oh, it, it, this is all good. This makes me I gotta so say, happy. the the costume is fucking absurd. I don't care if his cape looks like garbage bags. It's fine. I don't give a shit. <laughs> that it's cape still cool. looks so fucking bad. <laughs> and the clothes he's wearing underneath it look terrible. The blades look really good. The helmet is fucking gargantuan. It was always like that. It's like that in the comic too. I felt like it was more proportional in the comic. It wasn't. Or at least, <laughs> no, excuse me. In the cartoon, it was more proportional. But, oh my God, that cape. <laughs> I always thought it looked like garbage bags. Oh. But I don't fucking care. This is the coolest goddamn thing ever. He gets he gets this big fucking, I'm calling it a hero shot, even though he's a villain. Just this, this big thing where he walks into this room and he's standing in the center of it. And then the camera pans around and just that... That music just swells and it's just, oh, I was I a it. little disappointed by the Shredder reveal because I felt like he should have been played. This is obviously ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, but this is what I envisioned for it. Jackie Chan? Toshiro Mufuni. You always say that about every Japanese he guy should have. movie. <laughs> he should have been played by Toshiro Mufuni. He should, or somebody who had that kind of gravitas, you know? Obviously, Toshiro Mufuni couldn't have done it, and he wouldn't have done it. But it should have been someone who had that level. Of, because the Shredder is like... The Shredder has very few scenes, and so he you have to make them count. And the actor doesn't have that thing, you know? This is a guy who's supposed to be able to lead an army. This is effectively a cult leader. This is a this is a, a an L. Ron Hubbard or a, a <laughs> David Koresh. You know, like he needs to be someone with charm and menace. And the guy who they cast just doesn't have it. You know who would have been a better choice? The guy who plays the other bad guy, Tatsu. Yes, he would have been a better choice for Shredder. I don't think so. I, th- I think I think they cast him perfectly. He's perfect for me. I think he's got way more charisma than the guy who plays Shredder. He's got way he's he, he he's got way more menace. He's a he's a much better bad guy than the guy who played Shredder. I'm going to respectfully disagree on that one. We can disagree. I'm not saying you have to agree with me. I'm just saying those are my feelings. I want somebody in that role who gives me the level of menace and threat that I feel the Shredder should evoke. He looks like such a sweet old man. Look, exactly. Right now. Look he Aww. doesn't look threatening he looks at so all. Nice. He looks exactly. He looks nice. He looks like a sweet guy. The Shredder shouldn't look like you, a sweet guy. Are you told me that guy looks sweet, though. Yes, I, I do not agree. There's at all. no menace in those eyes. Come on, look at those eyes. There's gonna, nothing scary. I was going to say his eyes are scary. I disagree completely. The first thing Shredder does, uh, a kid comes in in one of the in one of the Dragon Doji's uh, Dragon Doji. That's like a training outfit. I don't know if that's actually what they are, but you guys know what the fucking foot soldiers look like if you're if you're listening to this. And he puts the mask on him. Well, is he a foot soldier or is he? He's a new foot soldier. No. Okay, all right. I'm kind of like orienting myself in the movie i'm like wait what scene are we on again okay all right i got it and then he's like you know money cannot buy the honor which you have earned tonight 
make us all proud. Only effort, discipline, loyalty earn the right to wear the dragon doji. You are here because the outside world rejects you. This is your family. I am your father. Splinter is there chained to a fucking wall. Well, so he's fun. Well, he's kind of in like a back room. Yeah, you know, he's, it's yeah. not like he's he's not there. It's not there. like Shredder's got him hanging behind him. He's he's in the warehouse place, yeah. chained to a wall. Another thing, because like Shredder threatens to kill him several times. Shredder brings up, he's like, you know, there's a new enemy. He's very on board with this, which is weird. He doesn't like say what the fuck. He's just like, we're gonna fight these freaks, these turtles, and it's. <laughs> Kind of like that's I I love I love how how seriously they're taking this absurd premise. Even Shredder's like they're turtles. Yeah, what of it? Fuck it, let's go get them. Because there's no other mutants in the world right now. Yeah, as far as we know, it's a real stretch. And Shredder's just like, "Yep, turtles. It's fine. We're killing them." And then Danny fucking sells him out because he saw him. Yeah, he he kind of slinks his way to the front of the crowd and he's like, "Hey, I'm fucking this little fucking shit." I know he has a redemption arc, but he still. does. But yeah, little fucking bastard. Uh, the turtles are then we cut we cut to April's apartment and the turtles are there watching her on her TV and she's talking shit about Chief Stearns. We cut to April in the in, at the at the newsroom and she's like, I doubt Chief Stearns is gonna do anything about this. And then he gets a call. And he's like, I thought we had a deal. Like, oh my god, this guy. I love this. Just guy. immediately, immediately, the second she drops Chief Stearns' name, her bosses get her boss's phone rings. He shakes his head even before he gets the call. To he's like, motherfucker. She thanks Raphael and. And then the guys kind of make fun of him a little bit because he, you know, he's actually turning red. And then, you know, Raphael throws a sigh at Donatello's balls. And then he <laughs> and then Leo and Raph get into their fight. And he's Raph's like, you know, we got to go out. We got to go out and find Splinter. And Leo's being kind of level headed. He's like, you know, April's are only linked to these guys. We need to wait until she f- gives us a lead. And Raphael's like, oh, we're just going to sit here on our butts. That's that's the plan from our great leader and that's the that's the thing where you know Leonardo I never said I was a great leader you sure act like it sometimes you sure act like a jerk sometimes uh. and then the two Michelangelo and Donnie are like fight fight kitchen <laughs> kitchen and then uh, they just don't want anything to do with the and drama. I, I love it when they're there are <laughs> they sneak between Raph and Leo and you see them just kind of like tiptoeing away it's kind of funny as Raphael fucking storms out of the house Michelangelo looks at looks at Donatello and goes pork rind then Raph ends up on the roof Casey sees him from far far away Casey just happens to be fucking around with a radio up on some building while Raphael is roof raging yeah he's he's having he's having a moment he's punch dancing out his rage but he didn't have a wooded glen (laughs) I don't know what that means what it's from Hot Rod. <laughs> uh, then I galloped to a wooden glen and was punch dancing out my rage. <laughs> then Rafa, uh, he gets attacked by the foot and he kind of kicks their asses, but kind of not. Well, uh, I mean, he, he kicks a fair amount of ass until the sheer number defeats him. Yeah, he's up there. He's like, uh, you know, come on. You guys must be studying the abridged book of ninja fighting. <laughs> Like, come on, how do you guys expect to beat me? And then a bunch of them just kind of basically dogpile him. And they start to kick his ass. And that's when April shows up and she's going to give the guys a tour of the store. Oh, she lives above an antique store, by the way. It's like Second Look Antiques, which is in the book. That is hers, but she only opens it occasionally. Part-time. And she says it's kind of silly to lose money on something because you miss your father. Who the fuck can afford New York real estate (laughs) that they don't even use? I think... 
it seems like she owns the whole building. Yeah, it does seem like yeah. that. But that's her also her apartment. Yeah. So how the fuck does know. she own this building? I mean, granted, it's not a large building, but it's a big enough building that it's got to be worth at least millions in 1990 New York real estate prices. You're looking at the back of the 80s New York boom, man. Maybe her dad had it paid off. Maybe maybe it was a booming business when he was alive. Although, you know what? In fairness, like, like I mentioned earlier... New York hadn't gone through the Julianification yet. Yeah, so yeah. maybe it was in a really bad neighborhood and severely depressed. I guess that's possible. Then again, you don't see any good neighborhoods in this movie. It that's all true. looks like shit. That's true. Like <laughs> Son of Sam is right around the fucking corner ready to shoot somebody. Uh, but the rooftop fight scene is pretty cool until Raph gets his ass kicked. After after April shows him the store. They, She's like, well, you know, do you know when he's coming back? And Donatello's like, yeah, he'll probably be coming back any minute now. And then he fucking gets thrown through the goddamn skylight, lands on the ground, and they're like, oh, shit, okay. That and is screenwriting 101 right there. It's beautiful. Set up, pay, <laughs> set up payoff. It works. Then all the foot soldiers drop in, and then the nunchuck off, <laughs> which is delightful. I love it yes. to death. This was... this. This was a good version of that before Nunchucks jumped the shark in Secret of the Ooze. Combat cold cuts? Yes. Fuck <laughs> that. Well, that's actually part of the thing about that movie is that this was too violent and the parents complained. So <laughs> the turtles never actually <laughs> use their weapons in that movie. <laughs> Except for Donatello. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. So that's why Michelangelo is using sausages instead. Combat cold cuts. Fucking A. And it is. That's funny. No, I, I'm sure <laughs> it will be incredibly funny when I finally get drunk and rewatch it. But yeah, no, you have to just remember um, watching it seriously with no sense of irony. No. It was soul crushing. No, you, you have to remember like it was made to appease the parents. The Ninja Turtles movies actually are a great illustration of. Or, or rather, I guess I should say a great time marker for the time between me being a child and becoming an adolescent and starting to take myself seriously, you know? Because with part one, I still had that childlike sense of wonder. And then part two came along. And when did part two come out? 91? 91, right after this. I was 12 years old, and that was the moment. I When I was 12 years old, I started to get into metal. I first discovered Nirvana and Metallica and Ozzy and... Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and that was when I started to take life really seriously and and that was when I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze and went that's fucking kids stuff fuck that movie. you know that when I started listening to more serious music I didn't get like that what the fuck <laughs> happened to you <laughs> I was a depressed child I told you I've struggled with depression since I was Four years old. That's not an exaggeration. Do you think I listened to emo because I was happy? <laughs> no. It's because I was a loser. Yes, but we <laughs> we deal with our loserness and our depression in different ways, clearly. Yeah, I learned how to play guitar badly. You, le you dealt with it by retreating into perpetual childhood. I dealt with it by retreating into nihilism. I am... Well... First, by retreating into religion, then retreating into nihilism. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. It's I... the same thing. Religion and nihilism are flip sides of the same coin. <laughs> kind of true. And I'm I'm an adult. I go to work every day. I pay my bills, be mostly because Rachel helps me. But still, that's, that's kind of the thing. <laughs> but, but I'm an adult, right? 
Actually, it's kind of funny. I was thinking about, I was specifically thinking about this today. And I'm like, I appreciate movies like this. That I used to love this when I was a kid, but I appreciate it more now. And it's really weird because I appreciate all the stuff that I liked when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. The stuff that I feel like holds up for me, yeah. like Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles and like Surf Ninjas and stuff like that. Do they hold up though? For me, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I have no fucking, I have, there's no guilty pleasures here. You know what? That's the most adult thing you've said yet. Yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> that is an adult attitude right there. I unapologetically and unironically love this. Touche, <laughs> sir. Like, I know some of it's stupid, and I was laughing the whole time, because this movie's <laughs> really dumb. It is. And it's fun. It's a bucket of fun. It is. You can't deny that. I wouldn't deny that. I'm just saying... I don't think it's a good movie from a craft standpoint. I think it's got some problems structurally. Well, yeah, but who fucking cares? Well, I care about that kind of stuff. <laughs> Film structure matters to me. That doesn't mean I can't enjoy it. I'm just saying, I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you a movie's a five-star movie because I enjoyed it. I'm going to say it's a five-star experience maybe, but it's a two-star movie. You know, it's like The Room. The Room is a one-star <laughs> movie that is a five-star experience. Okay, hey, 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 hey. This movie's way better than The Room. Yes, this movie don't, is better than The don't Room. Fuck. I'm not trying to put it on that level. This is a three-star movie. It's good, but it that's is. it. It's good. It is the greatest comic book movie ever made. (laughs) Not even close. It is the greatest comic book movie ever made. Fuck the Dark Knight. (laughs) Fuck Fuck, it. Fuck the Dark Knight. You're going to say fuck the Dark Knight. Fuck you, Christopher Nolan. (laughs) Stupid Batman movies. Logan? Fuck Logan. (laughs) Ninja Turtles is way better. Did I say the best? I meant like my favorite comic book movie. <laughs> okay, now that's a completely <laughs> different statement. Um, the Room is my third favorite movie of all time. Okay, but I'm not going to try and make an argument that it's the third best movie of all time. No, and I was thinking about all the comic book movies that had come before this, and I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk to people about it. Sometimes I'm like, you know, Batman '89 doesn't hold up as well as you wanted to, right? No, <laughs> it's, it's a great movie. I fucking love Batman. I adore but, it, but no. But no, that movie is so stupid. The movie's absurd. Like, they're like, it's dark and gritty. It's not at all. It's purple. It was dark and gritty for the (laughs) time. It's purple, and Jack Nicholson's dancing to Prince. (laughs) There's nothing dark and gritty about that. (laughs) Michael Keaton's fucking great. I love Michael Keaton. Like Michael Keaton will probably everything about him. my favorite Batman for all time. You know, I thought Christian Bale was my favorite Batman. I love Christian Bale, but I got to say... I, I think he, he's my he, second he's, favorite he, Batman. He's never come close to Michael Keaton for me. Michael Keaton's way better. Michael Keaton is my all-time favorite. And I got to say, uh, at present, I'm really enjoying Robert Pattinson. I think I'm enjoying him more than Christian Bale. You know what? I keep forgetting because I haven't watched that again. But yeah. Now I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say <laughs> that I think the Batman is necessarily better than the Dark Knight or any of that stuff. But I do. I'm I am enjoying Robert. Pattinson. I think it's a little long in the tooth. I hope they correct some of the not so great things in the sequel. But I did like it a lot. So it's, it's yeah. I mean, it's not perfect. It, it it's got a few problems that that sh- that do show upon a second watch. So this is a badass fight scene. So I looked up what the word Bacentos was. I didn't know. I thought he said placentos. The, my, for like years. Okay, wait, what's the line again? He says, Bacentos now when they're all like fighting and stuff. And that's what they use to chop up the 
oh, floor with. So basically the ninja axes. Yeah. So they're they're chopping up the floor. They're doing Wheel of Fortune. They're doing all their fun turtle tricks. You know, don't knock all these fucking guys out because one of them might know where they're holding Splinter. It's like, I don't <laughs> think that's going to be a problem. <laughs> and it's just, it's just a fun fight. This is a very frenetic scene. This is the only time Donatello gets a I'm a smart guy line because they completely forgot that part of his character in this movie. Yeah. He goes, uh, I'm not so sure, uh, structurally speaking, if this is such a good time for your buddies to drop in. And that's the only time he ever sounds like a science person. Well, I mean, he's helping Casey fix the motor. Oh, and, there, and there's that. There is that. But like, it's never. So I, Donatello gets very short shrift yeah. in this movie, um, which is he's funny. He's mostly because, a goofball. Because they put the biggest star they had <laughs> as his voice. So that seems like a weird waste there doesn't but, it um, yeah it seems very strange i mean even even elias coteus who would go on to be much bigger than than he was at this time yeah he wasn't as big as Corey feldman was at the time so these assholes do drop in by the way and the fucking floor caves in and then we get more shenanigans and more crazy fight nonsense down in the antique store and there's <laughs> there's symbols leonardo's jumping on a bike and falling over and they're getting their asses kicked basically like it looks like they're kind of getting the upper hand a little but then they don't yeah the foot clan is just overwhelming them with sheer numbers and then casey shows up this is where casey fucking yep. He busts down the wall or kicks down a door. I never know what the... I never knew what he did. Like, how did he end up in <laughs> I'm there? I'm pretty sure he comes through the front door, but I could be wrong. And he's like, hey, you you guys might want to... Might wanna, do you mind telling me what you're doing to my little green pal over there? Because apparently, like, he knows he's a good guy, so he's going to go and, you know... He's, he's, he saves him, and he's like, ooh, and what a babe. And they're like, who's this, Wayne Gretzky on steroids? Ha, 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 ha. Come on, guys. <laughs> it's pretty funny. He's skinnier than Wayne Gretzky. What are you talking about? <laughs> That was a screenwriting thing. The screenwriter wrote that, and then they just didn't change it once they had cast Casey. Yes. Then the cool score kicks in again. That doo 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 doo. It's really really intense and fucking. Yeah. Uh, and then a foot soldier totally dies because he takes that Bacento and fucking cuts the power line with it. Oh yeah. And then he gets electrocuted. And yeah, he that guy a fire. definitely dies. <laughs> and then as they're escaping, the, oh, that this whole thing is on fire. They're ready to escape, and she's like, "There's a trap door in the basement. Let's get the fuck out of here." I didn't know that in the nineties. Sound could just drop out like that when an answering machine came on. <laughs> like the sound literally drops down just so Casey can hear this fucking message. Yeah. Left by Charles, uh, April's boss, telling her that she's fired. <laughs> that Yeah, that is a very, very 90s move. And I'm like, sure. Sure. It's, it's sure. So they all escape. And even though Tatsu said ninja vanish, several of those foot soldiers died. Well, I mean, a ton of them were unconscious. Come on. A ton of them. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. They got Not to right. mention all the ones who were unconscious on the second floor and then fell through the floor to the first floor. I didn't even think about them. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of dead ninjas in that building. They're, they're kids, too. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Yeah, child soldiers, <laughs> and they they end up escaping. They just drive that shitty van off, and the cops are there. But it's like '90s New York cops, so they don't give a shit. Or do they? I well, mean, they're the, ninjas, I guess. The so. cops are coming to the fire, yeah. So they're not really paying attention I to know, vehicles. But, and then you see Danny in like a really weird like shot that I never noticed in the original movie. I, like when I watched it as a kid, for some reason, where he's overlooking the burning building and he's all sad because it's his fault that it's happening. Technically. Oh yeah, where he kind of has his moment of recrimination. Yeah. Then we cut to because they they didn't get the turtles they know the turtles escaped so we we cut to shredder and he's pissed off he walks up to splinter slaps him and then goes you know how do they know how to fight like this what the fuck 
And then Splinter doesn't answer because, you know, he's a cool guy. And that's where Shredder digs that fucking claw right into his, right into Splinter's chin. And I'm like, this is another one of those moments where the parents are probably like, yeah, <laughs> it's so menacing. And then, you know, he stares daggers into Tatsu. My three-year-old cried for a week. Tell your three-year-old to stop being a it's bitch. It's called parental guidance suggested, madam. Yeah, technically you're supposed to be seven years old. <laughs> that was that was the thing. So Shredder is pissed at Tatsu because the turtles got away. And Tatsu's sad because Splinter's like his daddy. So he goes into their locker room, which they have just like a locker room, like a fucking football team. Wait, did you just say Splinter? Shredder. I meant I do that all the time. <laughs> Shredder is Tatsu's dad. Took me a second to catch it. Okay. Uh, so ta- they, they're in a locker room just like, like again, like a fucking football team, which is weird. <laughs> and then... Yeah, the Foot Clan just has, has the shower. <laughs> Tatsu starts fucking wailing on all these kids, just beating the shit out of them, wrecking everything in there. And he takes one kid and he kicks his ass and... They added this line that says he's fine. He's going to be okay. That kid in the original script, in the novelization, and apparently in the French version, dead. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was way too dark for PG. I'm like, okay, I get that change. He literally beat that kid to death. Yeah, no, we need to kind of let's let's pull back on that just a tiny bit. (laughs) That is way too fucking extreme for PG-13. PG. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> and then Danny ends up going to Splinter because he feels guilty and he just wanted to kind of get a look at this thing because I be- I assume he's been hearing about it. And then Splinter asks a really good question, which I'm like, fuck, man. Splinter gets all the deep lines. He like peers into my soul. Well, he fuck. ought to. Uh, he says, how can a face so young wear so many burdens? And Danny's just like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> he, he says, so you can talk. And then, you know, Splinter just drops some fucking wisdom on him. And he's like, you know, all fathers care for their sons and shit. And that's that's a really good lesson. I, I appreciate that. My dad always used to say that to me. And I'm like, Dad, shut the fuck up. <laughs> so at the farm, all this all, upon this watch, all I can think is like they're up there for several days and nobody has a change of clothes or anything. Yeah, that's what, my that's what I was thinking about. What's his name? Fucking Danny or something Danny, in the sewer yeah. <laughs> with his Sid Vicious yep. shirt. First off, he's in the sewer. <laughs> Second off, he's not showering or changing his clothes. That kid has got to be ripe by the time they find him. He's down there long enough for that pizza to ro- to start growing mold. <laughs> Do you like penicillin on your pizza? Yeah, gross. That kid, I'm surprised they didn't smell him before they heard him. No shit. Like maybe, I don't know, like they are in the sewer, so maybe that's just... The, I, I guess that's yeah. true. I actually had that similar thought too. Like how come they not smell that pizza? <laughs> Casey and April are having a conversation because she's like, you know, the the van's fucked and Casey's trying to fix it. And Do they ever go into where the fuck they are? They're on a farm. Yeah, but like, no. why this farm of all places? Well, because she owns it. She, 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 Do I they think, say that? Yeah, she's like, I haven't been out here in years. I imagine oh, okay, it would belong okay. to her family. I didn't recall if they had a line like that. I don't know if in the comic there's a little more explanation to it or not. So Casey tells, well, Casey and April have this conversation. After like the van is all fucked and he's like, boom, that is it. He does the gun, the finger gun on it. <laughs> and she's like, well, I have to walk to the neighbors because I have to call my boss. And he's like, oh, you mean Charles? She's like, how the hell do you know that? He's like, oh, well, uh, <laughs> his delivery. On he's, this. he's such a dick. He's like, well, you just saved yourself an eight mile round tripper, he says. <laughs> and she's like, why? He's like, oh, you were fired. It's like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> And then, then they do the thing. Oh, and he's like, he calls her Broadzilla, which I always thought was funny. Hey, listen, Broadzilla. I just, <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you. And then I never got this joke as a kid. 
the moonlighting yeah, joke. <laughs> they go, they each go in separate rooms. Thank you. No, thank you. And they slam the doors and then Donatello's like, gosh, it's kind of like moonlighting, isn't it? And Which I did get because I had watched moonlighting and, at that point. And I never have. And now I've never, I still never have, but I know it now. It is just like moonlighting. They have all these fights and then it's like that where it's like real passive aggressive. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> it's fucked up. That's pretty funny. Uh, then April starts narrating for some reason. She just yeah, starts narrating. April's narration, like the first one makes sense because she's doing a TV broadcast, but now she's fucking journaling or something and it never comes back around. No, I'm again, I'm wondering, is it just in the comic? I've read the tales once. I've, I haven't read read it for a long time. It, yeah, it, it's but probably, it still doesn't make any fucking sense. It's probably because they just needed an info dump there to get us from point, you know, M to point P. And she's drawing these cool pictures. She says, well, Donatello, everybody's dealing with this in their own way. You know, Donatello and Casey are hanging out and they're doing the, the alphabet name calling game while they're trying to fix the truck, <laughs> which was pretty clever. They're, and they're talking about Gilligan's Island while they're doing it. See, like this is all shit they could have shown us if they'd had about five more minutes of runtime. They could have just been like, hey, here's a scene explaining what April is going to say in action instead of just an info dump. My guess is that they probably didn't have enough time to shoot and all that shit. You know, Leonardo, he's just, he's hanging out with Raph because he feels guilty because he feels like he's, he's obviously the one who pissed Raph off enough to make him leave and go off on his own. She skips over Michelangelo completely. Yeah. Mikey gets fucking nothing. <laughs> Donatello and Michelangelo, Michelangelo more so. Yeah. They get like very little attention in this movie. Yeah, and then she's like, well, then there's Casey Jones. He might almost be cute if it wasn't for his pigheadedness. <laughs> and then this scene's actually pretty funny. She goes out and she's like, ah, I'm looking for Donatello. He's like, oh, he's off with the others, like exercising or some shit. And then she's like, oh, I need some help. And he's like, oh, hey, lead the way, toots. And she's like, uh, basically, don't fucking call me that. I don't really understand, like, the back and forth in this scene. I never have. And he's like, oh, what What should I call you? A princess? It's like, ah, oh, princess. He's like, can you throw me a clue here? I'm drowning. She's like, never mind. Uh, I wouldn't ask for your help. If you were the last thing on the face of the planet and he's like, okay. And then he goes and sits down on the, on the swing bench eating an apple and it breaks. Yeah. And it's funny as fuck. And that was not supposed to happen. And I love his reaction to that whole thing. <laughs> his reaction in that <laughs> shot is like so genuine. Cause it was, it, it yeah, that thing broke. Uh, that's I, I was going to say awesome. like his reaction is so natural in that, <laughs> that like, now that you say that it wasn't actually supposed to happen, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes way more sense then. I like that they kept rolling, though. That made me happy. <laughs> and he just he just rolled with it. He was just like, what the hell? Just <laughs> I wonder how long before he laughed. Like he had to because that's so fucking the comedic timing of that was flawless. <laughs> it was after him being a dick to April, yeah. he kind of deserved it. <laughs> Like, are we sure they didn't intend to do that? <laughs> so then Raph does wake up. He's like, hey, man, what what's a guy got to do to get a little food? And Leo's like, oh, my God, he's awake. He needs some food. Bring some food. And then he's like, I apologize, man. You know what we said about not needing you and all? And Raph's like, don't, man. Let's just hug. Let's just hug it out. And then this is where April and Donatello are standing by the door. And he's like, it's a Kodak moment. Ha ha ha. And then his mouth opens up so wide. Again, this <laughs> you, is HD. You can see you the can actor see, inside yeah. the fucking suit. Exactly. <laughs> which I'm pretty sure is Ernie Ray's Jr. actually. And that's like, it looks like he's eating something. It's fucked up. Yeah. And it's, it's really funny. It's, it's just... weird. Like, <laughs> you just suddenly see that the mouth inside the mouth. <laughs> like, you have to be looking for it, kind of. But like, I mean, yeah. It, if you're not paying attention, you probably won't spot it. But if you are paying attention, and as soon as that mouth went that wide, I was like, what the fuck? 
Like, like it's mostly it's mostly pretty seamless unless you see unless you're looking at the seams, like the literal seams. Yeah, literally that next seam on <laughs> yeah. on most of them, it stays glued together. But every once in a while, you can see where the their sweat was breaking through, you know, was was because yeah. those guys were sweating like pigs underneath there. Oh, my God. You should see. Yeah, some of the, yeah, some I've of seen, the photos. I've and seen stuff. a couple of the behind the scenes shots. Those suits look hot as hell. I think the suits the, the suits got a little better in the second one, which is kind of weird. But Jim Henson had also passed on. This is a, this is Jim Henson's last uh, yeah. feature film that he worked on. Oh, he actually worked on this one himself. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. I thought he was uh, he was already dead by the time. And that's came. why the suits look so fucking good. Yeah, because that makes sense. the Jim Henson Creature Shop. So when you watch the third one, Jim Henson's Creature Shop has nothing to do with it, and the suits look like shit. They look like these weird plastic things. It's weird. They definitely. Uh partnered up with the right company for that yeah yeah you know what i was thinking about a double feature with this you, uh you should watch ninja turtles and the guyver together it'd be great i feel like the guyver is gonna win that one well it's the same vibe it's the same same idea what i would have liked to have seen is i would have liked to have seen very much what they did in the guyver to a, take the a little abs- bit of the body horror element <laughs> well not just that but to to take the absurdity of it and treat it with a straight face so that you get the absurdity, but it's not winking at itself and it's not <laughs> pandering, you know? It's like, hey, we're embracing this and you can either be on board with this or you can not, but we're not gonna we're we're not gonna keep winking at you and telling you it's okay to like this. And that's I feel like what the Giver did. The Giver is absurd, but it never stops and spoon feeds you an excuse to be okay with it you know like like it it doesn't throw effectively obviously this isn't literally what they do in ninja turtles but effectively throwing a laugh track on it you know (laughs) they kind of do that in the european version yeah well they they don't they did a laugh track but there's they kind of did it in the american version too you know like and that's the thing i don't like about it is just that if they just leaned straight into it kept all the same absurdity but just leaned into it and and treated it with a seriousness that eastman and laird treated the comic book and I understand that was probably a little too gritty, but you could have lightened it up and still kept that same attitude. You know, you could have, you could have just dialed back some of the more, you know, the rougher elements. And I feel like that would have gone over better. That that would have held up better, rather. They didn't me. have enough money for the Triceratons. Because you could keep the absurdity. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Keep the absurdity. Lean into the absurdity. Maybe the Fugitoid should have made an appearance. I would love to see... Any any of that stuff make an appearance. I'd love to see Baxter Stockman show up. I'd love to see the Mousers show up, you know? I mean, I understand the Mousers would have been prohibitively expensive because putting that on screen at that time would have been really hard. But nowadays, nowadays, give us the Mousers. Yeah, I'm actually bummed out that they didn't throw the Mousers into that, that sequel, Out of the Shadows. You know what? We will have to talk about those at some point. But Out of the Shadows, those were the guys who were afraid to lean into the absurdity. At least that's the vibe I got. They... I haven't I haven't actually watched it. I've just seen, like, the trailer and, and like, some some they, YouTube stuff. They leaned pretty hard into the fucking wackiness, but it was just too little, See, too like, late. I'm not talking about wackiness. I'm talking about absurdity. But, like, doing... Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm not communicating it well. Watch it and you'll know what I mean. It's And a, maybe they did do it. Yeah, maybe... Maybe they did it. I don't know. Like, it's kind of a bummer. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I, it maybe looks, they did all the things that I'm saying and it just doesn't work. It That's looks possible. like it looks like it should work. When you watch that trailer, it's like you see fucking Rocksteady Bebop pop up out of the water in that tank. I'm like, ah! And then, and then you get... What's the guy's name from Arrow? I can never remember his name. I don't fucking know. You get him Any as, of the cast of Arrow. You get him as Casey Jones 
all clean cut and he's a cop. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? No, you see, that's I feel like that's them being afraid to lean into the absurdity. Oh, oh yeah, a little. Because Casey Jones was like a stone cold psychopath. Yeah, he was a vigilante. Yeah, that was his that was his deal. Like they got the hockey part right and the mask looked cool enough. But you can't church him up. If you do that, then you've 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 lost what makes him charming. The charming yeah. thing is that he's nuts. Maybe it's something that you just can't do in a in a movie that's aimed at middle America. Maybe it's too Peter Jackson, the stuff I want to see. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So we get a line from April. You know, the turtles were four once again. That's that's a thing. And know. now we're moving into the third act. Uh yes. So Splinter's talking to Tatsu, and I always liked this kind of thing because it leads into a training montage with some killer music again. Splinter's Shredder, Shredder, is talking to Tatsu, and he's like, you know, there's... You fucking did it again. Oh, my like, God. Why do the turtles trouble you, master? They have not been seen for many days. Something about the way you describe their fighting. Something familiar. Something... And then we get a, like a, like a mini training montage where you see them kind of like fighting with each other, the turtles. And it looks like what yeah. they're doing is like throwing one of them in the middle and having him like defend against the other three. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, this is it. this is the rocky third act montage that leads into the final fight. So this next scene is kind of creepy. So Casey's using Leonardo's sword to cut some vegetables for something. I'm not really sure. I assume they're going to make dinner at some point. But April comes in and she's all sore and he... She's like putting ointment on her shoulder. Then he comes over and gives her like an unwanted massage. And it's a little, it's a little <laughs> icky. Honestly, though, that is perfectly in keeping with the romantic aesthetic that they're going for with oh, these two. Oh, 100. I like, yeah. I get it. But yeah, it's like Rocky and Adrian in, Rock, in the first Rocky movie. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. After that scene is over, it's fine. And it's okay. But uh, that's. Uh, I totally get where you're coming from. But that aesthetic was, man, the. The fucking 80s were all about that. And then the turtle wax joke, that makes me happy. Mikey comes in and April's like, you want some ointment? And he's like, nah. And then he pulls out the turtle wax. And it's pretty funny. Sight gag. Leo is meditating and he he kind of connects with Splinter. He's like meditating and then you see Splinter pop up and go, Leonardo. And then Leonardo gasps, runs in and ruins a perfectly good game of Trivial Pursuit. By fucking running across <laughs> running on top of it and stomping all over it like not subtle leo if they ever if if i ever come up against that question in trivial pursuit though i will know the fucking answer what was the question again what russian novel encompassing oh, more than 500 right. characters takes place in, during the napoleonic wars war and peace it's splinter's force ghost because <laughs> they all end up sitting around the fire and like meditating and of course this is this is where like donatello's michelangelo personality really pops up because like he has marshmallows and shit and michael even michelangelo's like dude yeah see i felt like those those lines got switched in the scripting process accidentally somebody forgot yeah the writer the writer got lost and started typing the wrong names in and the director just forgot and ignored it (laughs) but you know that's a good point i never thought of that but yeah then they they all start meditating 
and then Splinter's Force Ghost pops up in the fucking fire. That's what it is. It's a fucking it's Force Ghost. It's even Force Ghost Blue. Yeah, and so Splinter's a Jedi, Pretty and much. that makes sense, and that's awesome, and he yeah. needs to be in the next Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah, I'm on board with that. But he, he shows up as a Force Ghost. Only if Kevin Clash does the voice. I don't think he does the voice in the third one. Is real weird. And also, he's like a half-built puppy. You never see his whole body. It's fucking strange. Nobody can compete with the Jim Henson Workshop, man. No, you do oh, dude, watch the next two movies and it's just it's the this this weird decline is fucking <laughs> it's brilliantly funny. It's so weird. April, in case you're kind of reconnecting, being being not creepy with each other, I guess, and you know, this is where she asks, like, you actually played professionally? He's like, Yeah, before I got hurt, blah blah blah. And then the turtles show up and like kind of scare him. They go, um, and it's they they jump and Casey gets up and goes, I told you, I hate it when you do that. Um, he's such a bitch. It's funny. <laughs> and then, you know, it's time to go back and then we get then we get that same cool beep, 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 beep score. So they go back to New York and Casey's reactions here are kind of my favorite because they okay. like they, they they get there and it's all rainy and shit. And he's like, hey, oh, this is a nice <laughs> place, guys. This is a nice place. And then that. <laughs> then he's like, are you coming, dude? Then they go into the sewer and he's like, oh, it's fucking... Why don't I ever fall in with people who own condos? <laughs> I'm like, you're a vagrant, you asshole. Go away. Yeah, seriously. Like, where the fuck is Casey living at this point? Yeah, right? That's a good question. I don't even know. Why uh, don't you go back to your place, Casey? Oh. In the comic, he has like a shitty apartment. So then they get into into the sewer den. And of course, it's all fucked up still because they never they never cleaned up after Splinter got cap- kidnapped. And then they hear something in the closet and it turns out it's Danny. And then he's he's like curled up in the fetal position he's like don't shoot and then Raphael's like i don't think it's loaded kid i was like that line (laughs) (laughs) even Raphael, she's like i've had it's too much it's too much fuck off so oh and then april april what is this line he's she's like does does your dad know you're down here and he's, he's like no he's like oh my god your father's gonna have kittens that was a very common saying at the time what why i have no idea but it was i know don't have a cow no Gonna have kittens was a very <laughs> common phrase. That's fucking weird to me. I'd never heard it other than this movie. Then he's like, okay, so just let me sleep down here and we'll we'll call him first thing in the morning. And Casey's like, wait, 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 wait. Now, what is all this talk about spending the night down here? Mm, you're a claustrophobic. <laughs> you want a fist in the mouth? Mm-mm. I've never even looked at another guy before. What he means is that you're afraid of enclosed areas. Afraid? What, me? Well, is that what you think? Mm-hmm. Ah, hey, I don't have to take this stuff about being afraid. I want to sleep in the truck. <laughs> And then when he, he's in the truck and he's like trying to get comfortable, he rolls down the window and shit. No, he, he, he even has a thing where he's like, I ain't afraid of a small spaces. I'm afraid of enclosed spaces. Yeah. And then he's like, cranks down the window. <laughs> yeah, cranks down the window, kids, because automatic, automatic windows were a thing, but not if you were poor. And this is a very old truck. I was going to say, also, this is like a 50s truck, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they were rare even in new cars in the 80s. So Danny takes one of the pictures that'll become one of the pictures that April drew at the farm. That'll become important here later. And kind of picks the lamest one, too. It's still good, though. I, I mean, really like good, the artwork. It's good, but the pose is pretty bad. It's like, eh. It's Leonardo looking at his penis. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks like Leonardo's just kind of sitting there pondering his own dick. And then Michelangelo, of course, is the one. He's like bringing up pizza. I could really go for some deep dish action right about now. Uh, And then, you know, Danny. Speaking of penises. (laughs) 
<laughs> and Danny's like, oh, I had some pizza down here the other day. And then, you know, this is the, do you like penicillin on your pizza? Then they do the da, da, da thing. <laughs> they lay the pizza to rest. <laughs> I It wasn't until that sequence when I noticed the giant hole of nasty ass sewer water right in the middle of the room. Oh, I never noticed that. Yeah, right behind them while they're playing taps with their mouths. Right behind them, there is this <laughs> giant hole with a with with like four bars crisscrossed over it, but they're wide bars. Like they're widely spaced. <laughs> at least a foot, right, between each of them. And then this nasty brown water just splashing underneath it. Like and it's it, it's only like that far from the floor level. It does it it is a sewer. Yeah. It's and it's fucking gross. New York is gross. Because you know the water levels in that sewer fluctuate. Hopefully they picked a high enough one to where it doesn't, uh, you know. <laughs> I would certainly hope so. Maybe they live in an abandoned part, like like that, that doesn't get used anymore. I don't know. Danny ends up having like these weird PTSD dreams of fucking Shredder saying like, you know, the outside world rejects you and I am your father and all that shit. They're pretty movie convenient dreams. I don't know. Oh yeah, well, he, we need to get... Casey and him together so they can get Splinter because Danny leaves and Casey happens to wake up and sees him. So he follows him. I don't think Casey ever went to sleep, honestly. That's a good point. <laughs> that's, that's a very good point. This is another place where there's kind of a cool shot that I never noticed as a kid, but it's this big wide shot and you see Danny walking in and putting on his bandana as he's walking in. And then Casey, it's all, it's all one shot. Casey comes climbing over the fence and he sneaks in. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's cool. That's a good one. There are a few really good shots in this. Uh, then Danny goes and talks to Splinter. He's like, I haven't seen you for a while. And he's like, yeah, I've kind of been at my hideout. And Splinter has this question. He says, so now do you do you now hide from your surrogate family as well? And Danny goes, I don't know. I don't think he knows what surrogate means. Yeah, I don't think so. Danny's either. kind of a dumbass. <clears throat> a little bit. Yeah. Like he's kind of a likable dumbass, but he comes around. Yeah. yeah but he's he's definitely not the sharpest knife in the drawer. <laughs> and this is where we get the extra violent flashback about about Splinter's origin story. Yeah. This is where we actually see <laughs> Splinter's master and his girlfriend dead. Yeah. This is also the one where uh, where we see Splinter actually training in his little cage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's adorable. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, fuck you. It's so cute. <laughs> I love it. His owner's name is Hamato Yoshi, and they both get murdered by Oroku Saki, and it cuts back to the back to the real world, and Danny's like, hey, well, that sucks. Whatever happened to this Oroku Saki? And Splinter's like, well, no one really knows, but you wear his symbol upon your brow, and Danny just like, he fucking looks disgusted. He's like, what the fuck? It's a good, it's a good reaction. <laughs> Suddenly I actually all like the it. tumblers fall yeah. into place. So he, he takes off the bandana, throws it on the ground, and then Shredder shows up, and he's like, you know, what are you doing down here? It's like, you're hiding something. And then... Shredder like stabs the fucking his his like spikes at Danny's face like right beside him and then all the parents in the in the room again they're like <gasps> it's too menacing <laughs> my three year old he's also touching him uh, he's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah he does grab his ass when he fucking pulls out the picture I that's true oh he and reaches in his back pocket <laughs> while this is happening Casey has infiltrated this this warehouse and beat the shit out of a foot soldier and stole his outfit i wrote down how shredder doesn't just murder this kid is beyond me <laughs> it's because the laws of the pg movie <laughs> prevented it shredder says shredder looks at tatsu and goes you know they're back uh this time i'm gonna go so that way you fuckers won't fuck it all up and then he hears you know and he's tatsu says what about the rat and he's like kill it so Danny's like, oh, fuck, he's my buddy. He's my new daddy. Danny's got some issues. No, maybe a few. Uh, so Danny's about, Danny's running somewhere. He runs into Casey and he's like, oh, you want to fucking, you want to tell me what the fuck you're doing here? He's like, they're going to kill Splinter. And then 
for a while, I'm like, how does he know about Splinter? Why does Casey know about... But I'm like, oh, duh, they were hanging out for fucking ever. Guarantee he yeah. heard about him at least once. But he does... I like his reaction when he looks at him. He's like, oh, huh? all right, whatever. He already He's already been hanging out with four giant turtles for, a few, for like a week, so... <laughs> it's like at this point, it's just water off a duck's back, man. Can't overthink it. And then it's it's basically... It's the final fight scene time. The foot soldiers get their asses into the sewer to the epic music that... We're at like a like a crazy standstill. Nothing's there. The turtles aren't in there. They go into this little room, and then all of a sudden, the steam fucking blasts in their faces, and the turtles shrouded in this steam beat the shit out of the guys, and then the steam clears, and then Raphael has an apple that he was eating while he was kicking their asses, and he's like, oh, I hope there's more of them, and then more show up, and sure then enough, <laughs> keeps going. Raph gets his wish. So Casey and Danny, they, they unhook Splinter, and you know Splinter's like, you know, who are you? He's like, I'm Casey Jones, I'm a friend. Before they can escape, though, they run into Tatsu and the boys, and uh, then we get back to the turtles for a little bit. More action, some, some ass kicking, skateboard fighting. Oh, that's they're right, not, the skateboard. They're thing. not super quippy yet. They don't get quippy until the top, until they get up on the surface. So uh, we cut back to Casey, and Tatsu is going to kick his ass. He's like, hey, man, you know, just let's just go. <gasps> they're grunting at each other because Casey's making fun of him. But Tatsu, <laughs> like, punches him, and he's like, dude, um, what the fuck? It's like, that's going to cost you, Tinkerbell, he says. And then he kicks him really hard, and then he's like, I'm, you know, I'm sensing a bit of a language barrier thing here. And I'm like, haha, that's funny. And then he Kicks his ass real hard. He fucking falls down. Tatsu kicks Casey's Tatsu, ass. Tatsu kicks Casey's ass. And then Casey finds a box that has, it's broken open and it has some fucking golf clubs in it. And suddenly, <laughs> Casey's in his, back in his own wheelhouse. And it's delightful. And he's, he gets to say one of the hardest lines in the world to say. Which is? Uh, well, first of all, he shoves the thing in into Tatsu's stomach and then he hits him in the face and then he f- comically flies across the fucking room. And then Casey says, I'll never call a golf adult game again. It's really hard to say and I don't know why. <laughs> the gang leader, Sam Rockwell, he's kind of ready to fight, but he's not really ready to fight. He's like, let's get him. And then Casey's like, you want to be first there, Junior? And he's like, we have a loyalty to the Shredder. It's like, sure. He's like, we're a family. It's like, oh, you call this here and that down there. <laughs> really like... <laughs> Just, just no bullshit. He says it in the most dismissive <laughs> way possible. It's it's pretty go- it's pretty it's, glorious. It's, it's pretty good. I do love Elias Coteus. He just he just he just kind of waves his hand at him like oh fuck off and then <laughs> there then they go and the music gets all touching because you know Kate they're they're rescuing Splinter. The fight finally makes its way to the street. We're back to the turtles and then you have Michelangelo and Donatello together being all quippy. He's like, Hey Donnie, looks like this one's suffering from shell shock. <laughs> There's not a time that I've watched that in my entire life that I didn't smile. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I, I love fun martial arts karate movie banter. That's probably why I like like kid martial arts movies so much because that's just and Power Rangers yeah, and stuff because yeah. that's like their whole thing. They're just like shit talking the bad guys while they're fighting them the whole time. Yeah, because they're not actually very good fighters in the main, so they have to make up for it with clever banter. Then we get one of the lines that's all over the trailers every time somebody brings this movie up. So the fight starts to make its way, like you see Raphael and Leonardo kicking ass and moving up the roof, up to the rooftop yeah. for the iconic rooftop fight scene, which is in the comic book. Michelangelo's like, hey, 
a foot soldier swings one of those axes, Michelangelo does the thing where he pops his head into his shell <laughs> and then he pops it back out, punches the guy in the face and goes, God, I love being a turtle. Iconic. That is straight out of the cartoon. Oh, fuck yeah. I don't think they ever say that in the cartoon, though. But no, it's just... but I just mean that is a cartoon moment is what it is. And it's delightful. <laughs> this is the best part of the movie, honestly. It's, it's, it's fun. Because we get a goofy fight scene and then it gets real serious here in a second. Because they get up on the rooftop, they start, they kick ass. They, they beat the shit out of all the, all, the, all the foot guys in some super impressive fucking just acrobatic awesome martial arts and then once they have them all knocked out they're raphael's like oh what no more and then shredder just fucking descends from the heavens in this fucking <laughs> and it's so cool and the turtles are making jokes they're like well it's all that shit maybe all that heart or no like i bet it never has to look for a can opener and shit when he said now you face the wrath of the shredder i thought for sure they were going to say the line from the first episode of the cartoon a kitchen utensil oh well kind of uh, they say well maybe all that hardware is for making coleslaw yeah they, they adapted it, but um, that's the line I remember, and so my brain had imposed it on the movie, you know, in my memory. Originally, they were going to call him Great Man. <laughs> what? Because one of the, I don't know which, which it was Eastman or Laird, and one of them put a, put a cheese grater on his fist. He said, look, I'm Great Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very glad they went with Shredder. <laughs> They were like, okay, let's give it a little more subtlety than that. Well, their idea was that they wanted to make the dumbest fucking comic book ever. So one of them drew drew a Ninja Turtle. And then the other one, like, put size in his hands or something. And then, <laughs> yeah. then, the, then the other one went, oh, hey, it's a Ninja Turtle. Then the other one went, oh, it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> like, like if, you, if you read that name out loud for the first time, having never seen or heard it before, it's just an escalating... <laughs> ridiculous it's just escalating ridiculousness is what it is you should have seen my father's face the first time <laughs> i said the words teenage mutant ninja turtles you would have thought i'd said ass rape or something like that <laughs> like i and i wish i i want that moment like really badly because like nothing nothing phases me really like i grew up in, i grew up in the era of ninja turtles and tattooed teenage alien fighters from beverly hills and power rangers and all this oddly named stuff tattooed teenage alien that's like someone was like okay you know what they did with the teenage mutant ninja turtles let's take that as far as we can go tattooed teenage alien fighters from beverly hills it's an emotional roller coaster that title but yeah, now, like, the girls can tell me fucking any title, and I'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> that is the problem with peaking too early. You didn't have Beetleborgs, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, they have Miraculous, which, by the way, is a pretty good show, actually. Even uh, some of the throwaway shit, like, I, I was listening to our podcast, <laughs> and you, were, you, in, you invoked... The Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, jeez. Fucking, uh, yeah, there's Cadillacs and dinosaurs. <laughs> skeleton warriors. This stuff is ridiculous. But seriously, not. I, I don't think anything will ever top Tattooed Teenage Alien Fighters from Beverly Extreme Hills. Extreme Dinosaurs. Nope. No, that one. It's not nope. really. Biker Mice from Mars. Okay, all, all right. Biker Mice from Mars is intense. That could have never gotten greenlit without the Ninja Turtles. No, none of that shit could have. Street Sharks. 
Street, yeah, but if you keep it to two words, you can pretty much throw anything together in it. That's true, that's true. It's mitigated by the shortness of it, you know? When you drag <laughs> it out like that, like tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills, you make it that long. You've taken us on a journey. <laughs> superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Yes, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Although, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, while certainly playing in the same arena as them, they're minor league. By comparison. <laughs> that makes me happy. That's that. Oh, biker mice from <laughs> biker Mars. Biker mice from Mars. Oh, my God. Um, I'm very glad to have grown up in the 90s. That, <laughs> the shit today is kind of weird in like, a, in like a not super interesting way. It's just kind of like... It's not super interesting to you. No, 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 it's not. It's just like, uh, we saw SpongeBob. Let's do something like that. Yeah, it's all Zoomer humor now. So. When when this is... When all the stuff after this is basically, we saw Ninja Turtles, let's do that. It's yeah. literally the same thing. Yeah. It's just like... This current generation of children, they're much more in touch with the non sequitur humor. Like, for example, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. As ridiculous as that is, it had an explanation. Nowadays, no explanation. Nowadays, you have some shit like, like fucking, uh, I mean, honestly, even my kids who are a little bit older than, like, your, you know, your kids, they had things like Gumball and uh, oh, yeah. the regular show, you know? Yep. There's no fucking explanation to any of that shit. It just is. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, yep, you're gonna accept this. Well, I mean, we did okay. have, we did have Beavis and Butthead and Ren and Stimpy and stuff. Yeah, but, also, that, but that stuff, it was, like, Ren and Stimpy were a riff on an established trope. Oh, like the Honeymooners, that kind of thing? Well, not only that, but also things like Tom and Jerry. You know, you take you take these two, you take a dog and a cat, traditional <laughs> enemies. You pair them up. They have an antagonistic relationship. There's a foundation for that. You know, a modern version would be something like, I mean, look at fucking Adventure Time. That's, how, a, that's a lot. <laughs> how utterly out of left field 90% of that show is. Like, imagine we wrote a show about... You know, your Mortal Kombat machine, an anthropomorphic Mortal Kombat machine that's going to high school <laughs> in the 1950s. All right. Now we're doing that. Yeah. Like <laughs> it like that's modern humor. It doesn't need a fucking explanation. You know who we can thank for that? Fucking Tim and Eric. That's who. Yeah. Those guys are a little much. I, I watched that Too Many Cooks thing and I'm like, still going, huh? <laughs> like I get that. I get the joke. <laughs> It's just not funny to me. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's either you're either on board or you're not. Yeah, and I, I get I get the fact that it's not it's not not funny. It's not funny to me. What were we talking about? We were talking about Shredder oh, des- descending right. from the heavens, and then I made the Great Man fucking thing, <laughs> and uh, then that led to a whole conversation about how fucking old we are. Basically, this little this little back and forth with the maybe the, all that hardware for making coleslaw. The turtles each one by one attack the shredder and get their asses kicked like bad, and then it's intercut with kind of Casey going like, "Hey, you you hear that? This or you see the, all these fucking assholes unconscious on the ground? That's family, right?" I did write down even the fight with Shredder is fucking epic because it gets it gets really epic. They're all flying all over the screen and just doing jump kicks, and that fucking music is super intense and awesome. And I gotta say, the fight with Shredder fell a little flat for me. It is a little bit, but not once Splinter gets involved. Okay, but th- the main reason I think is because the whole thing it started with Splinter's speech to them at the very beginning of the movie. And it's it came around when April said, you know, they're four again, you know. They need to learn to work together. Yeah, they and they don't. don't. They don't learn that lesson by the time they fight Shredder. 
They don't overcome Shredder. Splinter overcomes Shredder. But the whole point <laughs> of what Splinter was saying is you guys have to learn to be okay without me. And so basically the final confrontation between the Turtles and Shredder undercuts the message of the whole movie. They save that lesson for the fucking last, for the second movie because they fight all the guys, all the bad guys and they defeat them without Splinter. I'm not saying they never come around to it. I'm saying they were supposed to come around to it in this no, fight. No, you are absolutely right. Shredder even says, he says, together, the three of you might have overwhelmed me when he's got his spear on Leonardo's throat. He's like, but now you're fucked, basically. And he's right. That was the whole lesson, but they yes. never learn it. Uh, yeah. Because Splinter comes in, deus ex machina style, and kicks Shredder's ass. You're right. You know, I never thought of that. That's dumb. I still like the fight, though. The fight itself is good. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not fun but to I get, watch. But I get, I, I get how, yeah. I'm just saying, like, this is this is the problem I have with the movie from a, a structural standpoint. You know, this is why I'm saying it's not a good movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah, there are deleted scenes, and I wonder what could have been. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the deleted scenes. But guess scenes. what? Somebody needs to get, the, get their shit together. Somebody, <laughs> and put that shit out. Because they exist on a on on a physical DVD somewhere. I found it on the internet a long, long time ago. Is it ago. that uh, that twenty fifth anniversary edition, the pizza box edition? No, no, no. It's it's a it's a region B. Thing. Oh, oh yeah. okay. That's why I never bought it because I'm like I was trying to figure out how to make my blue my DVD player be region free years oh, and years okay. ago, and I couldn't do it, so I just never bought it. And now it. Well, is back in, then, re- region free players were even more expensive yeah, than they are today. It, it's impossible to find. I can't fucking find it. I found a Blu-ray that's region B and I, I went to ask the dude. I'm like, D- can what special features does this thing have on it? And he's like, yeah, it's sold. I'm like, motherfucker. Casey does his leftovers line. He sees some foot soldiers climbing, climbing up to the roof to fucking bum rush the turtles. And he does his, ooh, leftovers. And then he gets in the garbage truck and rams them and then <laughs> beats the shit out of him. So that's how the garbage truck ends up right next to the building. Yeah. Convenient. Shredder does get the upper hand. He does fucking, because, uh, Leonardo is the one who actually lets his anger get the better of him in this scene. Because, like, you know, I only have one thought. This guy knows where Splinter is, and he's like, oh, the rat. It has a name. It had a name. And Again, then, you know, like, the writer typed the wrong t- the wrong name in, and the director was just like, fuck it. It's Leonardo. That's true. We're not bringing him back for another rewrite. I want to believe that there was some kind of, like, paradigm shift in some conversation somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> where Leonardo is the one who was supposed to go off the deep end like ah oh, fuck cuz he's you know he's it's his daddy man again we're just we're just undercutting the whole rest of the movie with well, this fight i'm again i'm not saying it's not a fun fight to watch i'm just saying it destroyed the story but then you know at, before he stabs leo in the throat he makes them throw their weapons and what happens my one of michelangelo's nunchucks just kind of lands on the ladder I don't think he meant to do that. He's Michelangelo. He's not very forward thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Uh, Splinter just kind of poofs out of out of nowhere like like a fucking Jedi ninja thing. I don't even know what the fuck. And then and he know, di- and he disappears from where Casey and uh, Danny is it Danny? Danny. Yep. Yeah, they have him, and then he just disappears. Yeah, because he's a ninja. Yep. What the fuck? You know what? I never thought. I actually never noticed that. I, I never. Really, think, I don't think Splinter's as injured as we think he is. I never thought of that. I thought he was. I thought he was talking. To the leader guy who wasn't even there in the first place. Oh my god, you you just blew my mind. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> Somebody's dumb. We forget Splinter is the master That's ninja. Me. He is. Holy shit, he's talking to Splinter. Oh my god, I'm fucking. I've been watching this movie for 32 years. 
Well, Splinter tells him, he's like, hey, you know, I, this, this is who I am. Look at my ear. Look at, you know, you killed my fucking master, you douche. And then Shredder does this cool thing. And again, the fucking, the score, this like guitar chord or whatever it is that they hit. <laughs> he pulls off his, his like fucking mask. And then he's got the scars. Raphael's like, it's him. And he's like pushing all of his brothers backwards. He's like, hey, let's get the fuck out of here, man. This guy is going to murder somebody. Let's let our old dad fucking fight him. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shredder. Shredder has the spear and he's like, you know, now I'll start now I'll finish what I started with your ear. I'm like, okay, that was a really stupid line, but okay, I'm on board. Who cares? And then Splinter takes a lesson from Mr. Miyagi's book. Yeah. Uh, Best the, defense. No be there. No be there. <laughs> and then he he ends up wrapping the nunch he has the nunchucks in his hand. Uh, he ends up wrapping the nunchucks around the spear and kind of holding Shredder off the I almost fucking did it again. Hold <laughs> <laughs> Holding Shredder, like, on the edge of the building. And you know Splinter's ready to kill this fucking guy. He's going to kill him anyways, right? Splinter has no chill at this point. He doesn't care. He's like, he's got him. (laughs) And he's like, you know, death comes for us all, but something much worse comes for you because when you die, and then Shredder, you see him, there's like a little pickup shot of him pulling a dagger out of his back. Out of, the, out of like the holster in his back and he throws it at Splinter. Splinter lets go of the nunchucks, catches the knife, and Shredder falls. I'm like, Splinter was going to do that anyways because <laughs> Splinter's just not fucking having it at this point. Splinter just needed to get his last line in. <laughs> and then he's like, for when you die, you know, and then he falls, it will be without honor. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> uh, which is way more epic than, than the comic book because Donatello throws his bow at shredder as he's about to throw a grenade at him and then he just falls off the roof and it's fine and it's just over (laughs) i would like to have seen this fight restructured what i would have liked to have seen this is my pitch right if you if we if we're gonna remake teenage mutant ninja turtles which obviously we are we're going to tomorrow during this fight it unfolds pretty much the same way right only it's Raphael who becomes overcome with rage and gets trapped by shredder but they're able to learn their lesson and they come together and they and they fight the shredder they rescue raphael and all four of them together are able to uh to basically beat the shredder into submission but then the shredder comes out with whatever his secret weapon is maybe it's a bomb or something like that right which is what it is in the comic it's he has a grenade yes right after he's been beaten into submission and at that point splinter reveals himself and then and it unfolds the same way mm-hmm. Shredder charges him, Splinter Splinter redirects, holds him, death without honor, boom. Same 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 culmination, but we have to get there in a way that pays off the rest of the story. You know what the fucking, you know what the crazy part is? They kind of do that in the 2014 one. It's like really dumb, but it, <laughs> but they do end up like having to work together. Yeah, that's how this should have ended. So I guess it's not all bad. And really, I don't hate that movie because there's a lot of cool scenes in it. It's not a good movie at all. I haven't cool watched it yet. There's some cool stuff in it. Megan Fox is not that bad. The reshoots stick out like a sore fucking thumb. (laughs) That bad, huh? And one of the worst fucking lines in cinema history. William Fitchner looks at one of his henchmen and goes, because the turtles are all captured. He says, drain all their blood, even if it kills them. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? I'm like, you guys... Oh, my God. You guys just let that happen, right? Okay, cool. Sure. Anyways. Wow. Okay. Uh, So, Casey uh, reveals his psychopathic tendencies, and he... (laughs) Yeah. This (laughs) is the only time when Casey Jones really leans into it. He crushes Shredder with the fucking garbage truck. No fucking hesitation. Runs over, hits the thing. Oops. Oops. (laughs) 
And then Shredder's helmet gets fucking crushed. It's like, that is dark. Yeah, and then the turtles are up on the roof. They hug Splinter. They're like, everything's fine. Everything's, everybody lives happily ever after. Danny and Charles get reunited and it's just Dan now because he's an adult, I guess. I fucking don't know. That subplot doesn't really matter. Yay, good for them. Everyone lives happily ever after except the children whose cult leader just died and they have a (laughs) lifetime of therapy to be able to deal with it. Uh, Chief Stearns shows up and talks to Sam Rockwell and Sam Rockwell says you can get your answers at the East Warehouse on Lairdman Island uh, which is Eastman and Laird there you ha, go ha 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 I did not catch that until you said it just now Casey and April kiss they finally culminate he's like he walks up to her he's like hey and she's like hi and he's like what I look like I just called Mike Tyson a sissy <laughs> she's like you don't need an ambulance do you he's like no kiss me I've got a report to do also April gets a corner office and she's a high paid field reporter now wow whatever because what I'm really concerned about well they can't and then the turtles go all right casey all right april 9.95 and that's the song that starts playing it's called 9.95 um wait what yeah because 9.95 on the richter scale when he kisses april oh it's hot it's hot and then uh then okay so this part bothers me so they're all psychos okay they literally just watch a man fall to his death and get crushed by a garbage truck. And then, there, okay, there's two things that bug me about this, actually. So they just watch that guy get crushed by the garbage truck. And they're going, we were awesome. And doing their little Ninja turtle stuff. And they do know that the cops are right down there, right? Yeah. Like, there's a ton of fucking cops. And they can just climb up that ladder and find them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's time to use your ninja disappearing skills, guys. So, how are they so happy right now after almost dying? And I know they're reunited with their fr- with their dad and everything, but they murdered somebody. You need to kind of chill on that one for a minute. You need to maybe, maybe go home and meditate for like a second. See, again, <laughs> here's my remake pitch. Instead of that scene unfolding that way, it unfolds with one of the characters climbing up the uh or maybe a cop maybe a cop spots them oh and they curious, kick him into right? the fucking garbage truck too no <laughs> and they fall they they go up the they go up the fire escape to find them and find nothing on the rooftops right and then we end with april o'neill doing a report about these mysterious vigilantes who saved her life and the lives of these children and stuff like that right and then we end with some sort of criminal element pulling off some sort of crime. And then the turtles step out. That sounds very confrontation. Like, yeah. But but we don't actually see the confrontation, yeah. and then that's where we cut to the That credits. sounds that sounds like a twenty first century ending. I agree with you. That yeah. is a twenty first century ending. There was no sequel baiting here. Because since this was an indie film, they're like, I don't want to know if work. I don't know if anybody's gonna buy this. I don't know if anybody's gonna see this. Come on, they thing. had one of the hottest licenses in America at the time. It's true, but like still nobody wanted it. New Line is just like, all right, fine, here, we'll buy it, I guess. I mean, granted, now, it also had Golden now, Harvest. Look, when the license was purchased, I believe that that was the case. But when the movie finally came out, well, Ninja yeah, when Turtles it came out, fucking everything. But it didn't come out until somebody bought it. New Line is the one who put it out. They was made completely independently. New Line had nothing to do with oh, it. Oh, New Line yeah. didn't produce it. Because no. I thought New Line were basically independent producers at that point. Like, they, like it was a studio, but it was like an independent studio because it wasn't part of the Hollywood system. I think Golden Harvest had more to do with it, but I'm not sure. Okay. Exactly. See, that that's my misunderstanding. Yeah, so they, they had to actually sell the movie after it was made. Okay, all right. I, I believe that's how I understand it. Uh, maybe I'm fucking so wrong and you're closer to right. I don't even know at this point. So they're on the roof doing the We Were Awesome. We were we were awesome, bodacious, and Donatello's over there trying to come up with something to say, but he can't because he's a fucking nerd. And then 
the start of the the trilogy's uh, Splinter jokes. He's like, I have always liked Cowabunga, and then they do the Cowabunga high five. T U R T L E Power starts playing, and Ugh. it's a fucking banger, and you can go fuck yourself. And then Splinter goes, I made a funny, and then he does that at the end of all three movies. I hated that so much from the moment I saw it. What I made a funny. I made a funny. It's just like fuck you. Um, I was 11 years old and and something inside me died. The only issue is is like, I've always liked Cowabunga's not a joke, Splinter. Yeah, Uh, it's not a joke. He didn't make a funny. You know, it's a joke. The one at the end of the second one where, you know, they they go there and he's like, were you seen? And they're like, no, we practice ninja, the art of invisibility. (laughs) Ha ha. But they're in the newspaper. And then he's like, all right, 10 flips now, because that's how he punishes them in that movie makes him do 10 flips and then he's like and remember go ninja go ninja go i made another funny (laughs) oh my and the song in the credits on that one is way fucking worse anyways that's teenage mutant ninja turtles 1990 directed by steve Barron, the music video director who directed the fucking billy jean music video fucking random as fuck really he directed so many music videos it's kind of ridiculous oh he also directed coneheads oh god oh oh yeah that was disappointing yeah, he... not not when I first watched it. That's another movie. When I first watched it, I really enjoyed it. When I rewatched it, I was a little, yeah, it was it was a letdown. Yeah, he directed the Merlin miniseries that came out in 1998, The Adventures of Pinocchio with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Culture Club, Aha, David Bowie, more which, Culture which Club. Which Bowie? Uh, that one I just uh, Underground. He also did. Oh, he did the video for She Blinded Me with Fucking Science. Okay, respect for that one. The Human League Love Action. And for Billie Jean. Fleetwood Mac, Hold Me, The Human League, Don't You Want Me, Uh, Simple Minds. The Human League a few times, huh? Simple Minds, Promised You a Miracle. Got some Sheena Easton, some Toto, Africa, of course. Which Sheena Easton? Sheena Easton, Machinery. Not familiar with that Joe Jackson, yeesh. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, Madonna, Burning Up, so Michael Jackson, some some Kenny Loggins, Welcome to Heartlight, I don't know. I don't know that song. Rod Stewart, Lover Boy. He's like directing everybody's B-sides, except except Michael Jackson. Brian Adams cuts like a knife. Okay, that was that was an A-side. <laughs> uh, oh, and, and uh, fucking blinded me with science, obviously. Brian Adams, Summer of 69. Oh, okay. All right, so he got, he got some good ones from Brian Adams. Oh, yeah, there's AHA, Take On Me, of course. Oh, he did that one. <laughs> Apparently. That's very iconic. ZZ Top, Rough Boy, Paul McCartney. Pretty little head. Anyways, let's let's wrap this motherfucker up. Do you have any final thoughts on Ninja Turtles besides that you hated it and I'm gonna cry I when I fucking I didn't hate it, okay? I'm just saying it's not good. I mean it's good. It's it's good. It is baseline good. But it's got a lot of problems that keep it from being great. And I'm not saying it couldn't have been great. It could have been great, but it wasn't great. It was fun. There's no question about it's fun. It definitely rings all the nostalgia bells, but uh <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a little disappointing because the cracks are showing. I'll ring your nostalgia bells. I know what your final <laughs> thought on it is, but go ahead. It's the greatest movie ever made. Yeah, that's what I figured. Fuck The Godfather and Star Wars and Rocky and all that shit. Fuck it. Ninja Turtles is where it's at. Citizen Kane. Fuck Citizen Kane. You know, I've never seen that. And <laughs> it, just seems, it just seems hard to watch at this point. It is a little hard to watch if you're not in the right frame of mind. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm very... I'm biased because... This movie never lost any charm for me over the years. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, it's it, it's charming as hell. There's no question about that. I'm going to end up watching Ninja Turtles 2 and maybe 3 this weekend because now I'm just kind of in it. I'll probably end up watching them eventually, but it'll have to be 
when I'm intoxicated. There's no way I'm sitting through those sober. Ninja Turtles 2 is very fun. I don't doubt that it's very fun when I'm in the right frame of mind, but I got to get myself into that right frame of mind. Combat cold cuts, and in the same fight, Donatello pretends to be a bobblehead. <laughs> what? How did I forget about that shit? It's not a bobblehead. It's one of those like rocking back and forth clowns. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. No. I'm definitely. I'm definitely gonna watch them all. I. I also got the TMNT was included in that four pack, so I'll. I'll end up watching that too. And I have the 2014 one as well. Uh, I picked that up at Big Lots for like three dollars because yeah. I knew you'd eventually want to do it. I recommend watching them all just so you know. You got to know, man. But I mean, this know. this was a staple of my childhood, so I'm, I'm not trying to hate on it. I'm just saying that, you know, like you grow up and and you see you see through the charm of things. And this one was uh, a rather rough version of that for me. <laughs> all right. Because I enough. really did love it deeply when I was a kid. I love it deeply now. Again, I just never stopped. Like a lot of the stuff that I like now, I just never stopped enjoying. And maybe that's the problem is that I did stop, you know, like it's not that I stopped enjoying it. I just stopped watching it, you know, and if I'd kept watching it all those years, maybe it would have held its charm. Like there were probably several years where I was where I just didn't watch it, but not because I didn't like it. It's just because it never came up. Yeah, I didn't watch it because, you know, like I, I think initially I I just kind of was like, oh, that's kid stuff, you know, and then I lost the tape. You know, and and then I just never bought a DVD or anything. And I still have my original VHS tape back at home in Gray Falls. Yeah, I don't know what happened to my We VHS. got it at Shopco. Good old Shopco when that was a thing. <laughs> I'm pretty um, sure they went out of business about eight, ten years ago, didn't they? I fucking hate Shopco so much. <laughs> I have I have like this 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 it wasn't a good store. I have this visceral hatred of it and Rachel does not understand it but I'm like dude I hate the lighting in that store. It it's ugly as fuck and I hated it going in there. It is bad lighting. Yeah. Kmart, it's the same idea. Yeah, same same bad lighting as Kmart. It's gross. Yeah. Target's fine. Target's okay. All right. Anyways, let's call it. I all love right. I love Ninja Turtles. Go fucking watch it. Go Seth Rogen. Don't fuck this up, all right? Or do. I don't really. Don't. Care. I need another good Ninja Turtles movie. I'd be fine with a good Ninja Turtles movie, but if I don't get one, I'm not going to cry myself to sleep. No, I need another good Ninja Turtles movie. Okay. Because so far we have one. All right. Do it for Andrew. (laughs) It's fucking... Do it for uh, Andrew, Seth Rogen. uh, Yeah. Anyways. I know he's a regular listener, so... Yeah, he should be, because we talk about him so much. This is the first (laughs) time he's ever fucking come up on the show. (laughs) So... Follow us on some social media if you feel like giving a shit on everything at the Shark Pod. You know what? We haven't done this in like three weeks, so I'm fu- I'm, I'm kind of out. I'm kind of out of it here. Patreon. Patreon. Let's let's do Patreon. Uh, 2021 the 13th, 2022 a year in the asylum. Which come listen to us talk about some asylum mockbusters on Patreon. It's been a very uneven road so far. We're <laughs> halfway through the year, and it's uh, it's had peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. But uh, overall, I'm glad we're doing it. Yeah, you got to got to experience this shit somehow. But you can come and experience it with us at patreon.com slash Sharks Across Hollywood. Give us a dollar, give us ten, give us a thousand. It doesn't matter. You can hear that shit. If you give us a thousand, we might blow you. But that's, you know, that's that's no. the only that's the only real perk. Patreon.com slash Sharks Across Hollywood. Come listen to us fucking talk about that dumb bullshit. But we'll be back in a couple weeks for another dumb fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> it's Sharknado 4. It's Shark Week. Woohoo. Actually, I don't know when the fuck Shark Week is, but it's July and that's just when we've done these because shark week is in july at some point um but yeah sharknado 4 the fourth awakens i'm definitely excited to see where they take this one me too i need to fucking watch all the rest of them because i can't remember dick (laughs) which i probably don't need to but that'll be it's okay it'll be fun 
I've listened to the podcasts enough that I, I it's pretty fresh. In I listened to them enough when I edited them, and I hate my stupid fucking voice, so I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> uh, but we'll be back in a couple weeks with Sharknado 4. But until then, stay jossome.